What's going on? It's Jack Freeman. We back. This is the Jack of All Trades podcast. Got my man Ryan Rocket in the building. We're in our undisclosed location overlooking the city, baby. The city. Uh, it's been a few weeks, so I apologize. Um, we had to, you know, to do my thing out there in, um, in uh, Chicago. We did something after Chicago in New York, right? We did a shot to that. And then um, went out to Austin for South by Southwest. So, um, you know, just recovered, getting back in the, the swing of things. Uh, I think we missed three weeks, right? Missed three weeks. Sorry about that, guys. Um, to the five listeners that listen, uh, I apologize. How you doing, Rocket? I'm doing good, man. Good, a couple weeks good, ago, man. I was sick, so we couldn't do a oh, show yeah, that yeah, week. Yeah, yeah, one of those you were sick. Yeah, yeah, so blame Ryan Rocket for that. Yeah, okay, Mister. Um, I had a family gathering, so I couldn't do the podcast. He, he did. <laughs> I did, man. My my goddaughter turned eight okay. last week, so you know I had to um, had to go in there and check in on her. So uh, yeah, man, what's been up with you these last three weeks? Other than you've been being sick. I've been good, man. Uh, me and ESG working on a reformatted podcast. That's yep. been going well. Right. Check that out. If you, What's check, it called now? It's called the Swang and Bang Podcast. The Swang and Bang Podcast. Yes. So check that Shout out. Shout out to ESG. Yes, sir. Uh, besides that, man, just grinding, working, usual shit. You know how it go. Ran into ESG at, the South, at South by Southwest. A couple hours into me being there. Uh, so shout out to him, man. Uh, South by was okay, you know. Yeah, it's kind of it's kind of on the. What? Well, why was it just okay this year? Well, the music industry, the music part of it is kind of on the downslope to me. Okay, I think um, it's um, it got really watered down in the last few years. And now, when you kind of when you say that, do you mean like there's too many pop people, or do you mean the quality of the music period is just not as good? I think the quality of the events is has gotten pretty old. I think that the corporations that came in and tried to capitalize on what South by it really is um, with music um, came in and watered down everything. Um, actually, before I continue that, um, our guest today, we're going to have probably two guests today, um, but our guest right now is my guy, Brandon Caldwell. Uh, he is um, a writer for Radio One. Uh, mainly 97.9 and Magic 102 here in Houston, the digital platforms for them. Yeah. Uh, formerly of uh, Houston Press. Yeah. Um, and then you do some freelance for uh, other publications as well. Yeah. So he's a good guy to bring into this uh, to this conversation. So what's up? What's up, Brando? What's happening, baby? Chilling, you know, what's we happening? just out chill. We just out chill. Yeah. yeah, man. So, you know, obviously we're talking about South by Southwest. And my view on it is, for years, like I think South by had its heyday, right? Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of people would say that the heyday is somewhere between 2009 and 2013 or 14. Uh, I think the heyday concludes whenever they had the dude that ran over those people. That was 2014, 14 or 15. Yeah, like um, one of those years. So, yeah. Uh, you know, just listening in, yeah, I kind of agree. Um, like I did South by from 2010 up until 2016 or so. Like yeah, I did like seven years straight, just taking yeah. a trip up to Austin, coming back um, on that Sunday, music wise. And I was there when you know there was this up this echelon of 
oh, Kanye's at South by, Jay Z's at South by, mm-hmm. um, you know, Ti is throwing a showcase, Rick Ross has a showcase. You have all these different people like coming in, and you like, but you also the other part of it is that. The best years of South by mm-hmm. also came around the time that some of our best new generation hip hop artists came out. Right, right. So when you when you talk about 2010 and 2011, you're also talking about uh, Drake was out around that time. I don't know if he did a South by at all. No, nah, he he finally did a South by. He did Fader for it like two okay. years ago, actually. That's crazy. Yeah. Um. Then, you know. With that, you got your Kendrick Lamar, your J. Cole, J. Cole your Big Crits, mm-hmm. your uh, Wiz Khalifa. Wiz Khalifa. Uh, Currency had finally done his independent thing. Like, we know Currency mm-hmm. been out for a long time, but his independent right. thing um, was moving at that time. You, you know, had the crazy thing. I think the smoking section had all those dudes on one show. Yes, they did. At, yes. Uh, at Peckerheads. Yes, I remember that. Yeah. And then. Um, uh, I miss Wale. Yeah. Wale was around around that time. Freddie Gibbs. Freddie Gibbs. You know, a lot of these guys, Big Sean, a lot of these guys that mm-hmm. that um came out around the same time. That new wave of guys that you know your, uh, I guess your freshman cover ten and eleven and twelve. You mm-hmm. know, were, was definitely coming out to South by and doing yeah. anything. And then once they saw the. I think that once the corporation saw what type of foot traffic was coming in to uh, Austin around that time and how they could monetize that with 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 their with their rappers, like you, you started to see um, labels coming in and throwing money at venues that third party promoters couldn't throw at the venues. Definitely. So. Uh, for instance, like uh, let's say All Star Weekend is in Houston, and let's say I'm a, a party promoter, and I know I can get this club any other night. I can get this club any every Friday. Mm. That's what I do. Um, you make a decent amount of money, and you know, and everything is cool. Like it, it's just you know, whatever this club is, and I'm promoting that. All Star Weekend comes in, and I was like, okay, cool. I'm gonna do this night, and we're gonna have some more. We're gonna have the same the same night but it's going to be more traffic because everybody wants to find something to do right. well you ain't doing that if um if uh, coca-cola wants that that particular space or ciroc or ciroc or Hennessy or or n- name any type of like high end well yeah. i wouldn't say Hennessy, like super high end don't yeah. disrespect Hennessy, but <laughs> Like any type of major like liquor beverage like yeah. company that like kind of tied into the NBA and kind of yeah. tied into like black culture like they're gonna want that venue. Yeah, for you're that not gonna night. you're not gonna out money any of these Fortune 500 corporations. Yeah, remember when Doritos had like a big ass vending machine at South by? They did. I remember that. And, I remember that. And then Lady Gaga one year performed at Stubbs and it was awkward. I remember that doing. She did some art pop type shit and yeah. it was like, I'm sorry, what? Why are you throwing up everywhere? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember that. That was the that was fucking terrible. Yeah. Um. Yeah, like there was, like I've seen some dope stuff at South by, but I've also seen some duds at South by, and it was just like, like one year there was a um, Red Bull did what was pretty much like a roots picnic. I don't know if you remember that. <laughs> I do. I do. Yeah, Red Bull basically had a stage, an outdoor stage downtown, mm-hmm. and um, the Roots played the whole night. But they had like Erica Badu and Common and um, uh, the you know 
anybody you that's know, like so black dog like, yeah. performed. You know, just anybody they didn't get probably this might have been pre most of them um, going to Africa and 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 doing whatever he was doing. Yeah. Um, but Pretty it was like change, a yeah. it was a great show. Like it was it was dope. But it was it was it was similar to what a roots picnic would have been like. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um. Uh. We had they had Kanye at the power plant with Jay Z. Yeah. And that was uh all the good music and all. That. And that's when it got corporate. Yeah. That's when it was like, you know, because Vivo sponsored that. Mm-hmm. Now you got YouTube stages. You got um the Pandora House. You yeah. got the Spotify House. You got Apple Music. You got uh Revolt. Um. But but what they're doing is they're putting in, they're taking care of the interests of the artists that they have a re- relationships with, mm-hmm. and not artists that um, are up and coming. Yeah, sure. So, if Def Jam wants a a build, if Def, Def Jam wants to put on a showcase, then guess who they're going to put on there? Yeah. Everybody signed to Def Jam. Um, which, if they're going to do that for three nights in a row, then that's one less venue that somebody that can get, you know, independent acts on. Yeah. Uh, it, it it cuts down on the stage, and so. I think this year, uh, more than anything, there was an emphasis on all the labels, like the younger acts on the labels. Yeah, you know what I'm saying yeah. like, like for example, three hundred, mostly their big their big starter they had to solve by this year was Megan Thee Stallion. Um, right, right, right. And Megan, if you've heard of Megan, and I'm pretty well, you've heard at of this Megan, point. You've heard of Megan. Yeah. yeah. At this point, yeah. you've heard Big Old Freak. At yeah. this point, you've watched a video or two of Megan, you know, throwing ass in a circle. Yeah, yeah. Or any other direction that yes. you know contains yes. like she's circle movements. Yeah, she's very talented at yeah. free at a lot of different things. Yes. So like it was a lot yeah. of the ladies just kind of came through and killed it at Saw by this year. But it was yeah. it was different mainly because okay, it's now you don't have as many major acts one, so it's kind of going back to discovery. In that right. sense, but I think that if you go, if you try to pull it back towards discovery, well, you've let it the, you know, you let the, you let the monster out of that already by letting all them it's more established acts perform. Like you can't go back; you're, you're too far gone. Yeah, yeah. I opened, mean, like you've already opened Pandora's box. I mean, it's like um, it's a weird analogy, but it's like track, right? Track and field for years has been sport where guys run world class times. Mm-hmm. Well, if the field for the next five to ten years is all doing steroids and they're all running blistering times. If they cut out all of that stuff, nobody wants to see guys running ten flat yeah, anymore in the hundred. Yeah. They want to see the guy who run who just ran nine five. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Or Nobody wants to watch a forty-five run home, um, forty-five homer guy anymore. There you go. I was about to say it's, it's more like yeah. along the line lines of, yeah. of baseball. You, you like, want to see somebody hit 60, 70 home runs. Yeah, which nobody's done that since the last person that was on steroids doing it. Yeah, like nobody's hit sixty home runs. Nobody's. Hit, I don't even know how many people have hit fifty. You know what I'm saying? Stanton was the last person he did. He hit fifty-nine with a hundred thirty-two RBI the year before he signed. Yeah, 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 yeah. So. That's what it's been. So, like, everybody's kind of going, expecting to see Jay-Z and T.I. and um, and 2 Chains or Future or Nicki Minaj, whoever, they, whoever their favorite artist is. Be, yeah. And it ain't happening no more. Not right now. Nah. Because um, it's gotten... I guess South by has kind of made a more conscious effort to try to dial that back. I don't, I don't know what it is, but now it's just really gotten watered down, and it just seemed like the corporations came and picked over everything, and then left and moved on. Mm-hmm. And now a new thing is Coachella or uh, Rolling Loud or yeah. uh, uh, Bonnaroo, and yeah. you know everybody wants to go where you know where the 
the the dope festivals are. True. Um, so what do y'all think like the new South by Southwest is for a new artist to break through? Because I feel like that used to be South by Southwest, but it's not anymore. So what do you think is a new place for an artist to it break through? It probably is Rolling Loud. Because yeah. Rolling Loud is it's Miami, and also they have one in L.A. But I think the thing with Rolling Loud is, um, and which is a problem that I run into, is when you got festivals like that, um, you got to be with a talent agency. Oh, because yeah, they yeah. want to go through all of these talent agencies. With South yeah. by you really you don't necessarily have to be with a talent agency. Like I'm not with a talent agency, but when you with when you're on place when you're at places where they only have like one or two stages, mm-hmm. that makes for a thing where it's like okay, look, we want artists that we think people are going to come see, right? And so, um, and that's also how you end up getting these festivals keep booking like yeah. the same yeah. talent over and over again to the point yeah. where it's like. If they if somebody tells you they're doing the festival circuit, look and pick through all the names that are on that exact same bill where you go from Coachella mm-hmm. to Bonnaroo to right. Roots to uh, a lot of Roll Aloud, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. I mean, I think that it, I personally think that it still is a place. It's the only festival of that size where you can be a new artist or independent artist up and coming in and get heard by somebody. Right. And then somebody I mean, going to write about you afterwards. Yeah. Yeah. You're not going to. You're probably not going to get signed. Yeah. You're not going to probably not going to get, you know, there, there's a good chance that you're not going to get many great looks, but you also got to be put on quality bills too. You're going to be put on a bill that, that people are, you know, these people that are actually looking for something are, are going to, um, actually the best thing about South by at this point is, uh, interactive and film. Oh yeah. Um, interactive and film is probably best for anybody to go to, um, people that have startups, people that have podcasts, people that have, um, websites or or want to start marketing businesses try to figure out what or, the next big thing in technology is yeah uh, or wanting to start your um your own festival yeah you know what i mean you can they have seminars on that um uh actually uh us the movie mm-hmm. opened south by this year mm-hmm. um stacy abrams came and did a panel this year or, yeah. or um, like my favorite thing about when i was at south by last year was this panel that i sat in on for it was Andre Harrell and Teddy Riley. Oh, yeah. And they sure. was just talking music for like two hours straight. Yeah, that's dope. So yeah. he, so Teddy was telling all his Michael Jackson stories when he worked on Dangerous. Yeah. And how Mike literally bought, brought Teddy's whole family from New York out mm. to L.A. just so, yeah. he could, like, so he could feel comfortable and at home while recording yeah, yeah. Dangerous. Yeah. And it's just... I think I find more fun just listening to storytellers, like listening to, in on the panels as opposed to going to shows, because when I was a, I was younger, like first getting started in music and writing about music, going to shows was like the thing. Like yeah. if you got access to this show, then bro, you were in there. Yeah, and Fader Four used to be like the thing to try to get it into. Did, all the time, it did. Now it's not so much. Even though uh, this year uh, the Chop Stars did a DJ set there, which mm-hmm. was dope. Yeah. Um, other than that, the bill has been kind of. It's just been a weird. Yeah. South by's in a weird position, yeah. but I think it's just shifted more towards, uh, more towards interactive, more towards film. They need to figure out what they're gonna do with music, yeah. and and I mean I think it still should be there, but I think we just they just need to do a better job of I, like. I'll tell you yeah. when South by peaked for me. It peaked twenty thirteen. Mm-hmm. On the on a Saturday night, you know the Saturday night is usually like the last Saturday like, night is the last night where everything is night. yeah. Like if you're on Sixth Street during South yeah. by Saturday night, 
is almost like you had the Texas Relays. Right. Because it's just a whole bunch of people out and there. And now it doing looks like the Texas nothing. Relays. And, and now it legit, yeah, you're right, legit it's looks like the Relays. Yeah. So on this particular Saturday in 2013, Justin Timberlake is performing at one venue. And this is just when 2020 Part that. 1 came that out. Was when, um, that was when they tried to bring back MySpace. Yes. And, um, yeah, I'm going to finish this for him. So he's performing at a MySpace event. Yep. Prince is down the street. Yeah, it was doing a secret show. Yeah, but it ain't just Prince. It's Prince and Tribe Call Quest. Oh, yeah, damn. yeah, yeah. That what? Yeah, all of Tribe Call Quest. Yeah. And then I'm upstairs. I'm up. I'm in a venue at a StubHub showcase where Big Crit is performing. Yes. Um, there was a night where it might have been the same year where Kanye and and Jay-Z did the power plant. Yes. On the other side of downtown, uh, Diddy was with, was it Lil B? Yeah, it was Lil, he was at Fader for it. Lil yeah, B was at yeah, Fader he for was it. At, yeah, Diddy was at Fader for it. Um, uh, uh, who else? Snoop was around somewhere. Mm-hmm. They did the... Um, wasn't it the the, well, the West Coast? It um, was a West Coast thing. show, and it was also a tribute to Nate Dogg because Nate, Nate Dogg like, died passed, that like, year. the, the yeah. year before at South was, by. Yeah, yeah. not was, at South by, but during but like South during by. the week. Yeah, like the day before the music portion started. Um, I, I remember that year because it was like one of those things. Oh, LL Cool J was uh walking around. Yeah, I remember that. Uh, DJ Premier was on the streets. Yeah. Um, like literally this was all happening at one time. Damn. And I said, uh, if you ever wanted to kill hip hop, all you had to do was drop a bomb on Austin that day. <laughs> because everybody who was anybody that was in hip hop that had anything to do with hip hop having what it had at that moment, they were there. Um, all of good music was at this mm-hmm. power plant show. Yeah. Um, John Legend was there too. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it, it was the craziest. That was the peak. Yeah. That was the peak. And that's when I was like, okay, this is going to get huge. Mm-hmm. And then it got huge. And then the next year. The very, the very next year after we said it got huge, a dude got drunk, was getting chased by the cops. And instead of slowing down and saying, nope, I'm going to chill, he ends up plowing to a bunch of people outside of a Tyler the Crater show. Yeah, he, uh, he drove through a barricade. The street was blocked. Mm-hmm. He drove through a barricade. And um, he he ran into twenty two people, yeah, and four died on the scene. And while he was locked up, two more died. Mm-hmm. So he had six counts of like vehicular manslaughter yeah, or murder. Degree, or whatever. I think yeah, yeah first degree. Capital. I was like, now this I was is like, also we, around Texas the, capital murder. Yeah, this is around the time that uh, the white boy, uh, the, the affluenza kid, yeah. killed mm-hmm. those people for being drunk. He got probation. Yeah, they gave this kid life in prison. Mm. He was 20, 21 years old. Um, at that moment, at the time that it happened, I was actually in, um, I was actually watching the uh, premiere of the Jimi Hendrix movie that Andre 3000 did. Yeah. 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 So I'll, we did, I was by my side and when I got to, my phone died. So when I got to the car, I'm looking at my phone. I'm like, what the hell's going on here? Yeah. And um, yeah, the, it, it just, after that, yeah. I knew I wasn't going in 2015, so I didn't. Um, I came back for the axe thing with John Legend in 2016. Mm-hmm. Um, did I do 2017? 
I don't know if you did 2017. I, don't, I didn't do 2017. I know I did 2018 because we ran yeah. each other at the Goring Brothers show. Yeah, I did 2018 with the I did the Goring Brothers show and I did the um the Sheraton um mm-hmm. that Saturday. Yeah. And then um this year came back. So my shows are cool. My shows are great. Actually, I'm not gonna lie to you, bro. This Goring show is better than the last one. I don't know, though. You, your parents was at the Goring Brothers show they last year. They were at this year. one, too. Oh, okay. You had all of the um, you had all of our Anglo-Saxon friends dancing Absolutely. and buying hats <laughs> All the Anglos year. were in the building. They, so uh, so uh, this was a step above is what you're trying to tell me? This was a Saturday night. Uh-huh. The last hour of the... of. The store being open, yeah. Uh, they oh, um, after, oh wait, you you put lips on them, didn't you? You you cut yeah, lips on it, and okay, yeah. She then got, there, um, she got wild. Okay, then I the understand. the showcase uh, South by San Jose across the street, that yeah. outdoor thing that let out when I was starting. Um, Mike, uh, the 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 shopkeeper at Gorn Brothers in Austin, um, was uh, he told me I could play as long as I wanted to. We had the whole band there. Um, it was, it was extremely packed in there. Oh yeah. Um, even more so than than the last time. Um, we did. They broke the the single day sales record. Mm-hmm. Which you set last year. I set it last year. We did. We did. Um, I think they did a uh, like right at eleven thousand last year. Mm-hmm. And they had never had a $10,000 day at that shop. Then this past year, this this year, someone broke it earlier that week. Mm-hmm. Some um, The one day they broke it, they got to like 13000 mm-hmm. And um, I was like, all right. So Saturday, I was like, we're definitely going to break this one. So we got to like thirteen seven, I want to say. Um, so shout out to Goring Brothers. I, you guys have heard me mention it. Um, I think Crystal was the one talking about my hat. Um that she liked my blue hat that um if you look up on find me on Instagram, uh I am Jack Freeman. Uh that hat's sitting around somewhere on my Instagram. Yeah. But And I'm somewhere in the background of that picture. Of yes, that hat. Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> um so this is the shop that I'm talking about, uh Goren Brothers. I actually had the chance to the, the honor and the pleasure of meeting Mr. Ben Goren, who is the CEO and the and the uh the owner of the company. Uh he came down he got he he didn't get to catch the show, but he uh, we met chopped it up the day before. Um, I think some really cool things are going to come from that. So um, this particular one, it, it was it was it was kind of bumping, my dude. It was it was live. It's cool. I hate that you missed it, man. Look, man, look, we had a shoot a station. say the station. We had a whole freaking show the night before your show with Summer Walker, oh, yeah, Division, yeah, yeah. and Allie Brook. It was crazy. Like I, I didn't. I knew it was gonna be a little different because mm-hmm. Summer Walker has "Girls Need Love" as a record, mm-hmm. but I was not prepared to hear three thousand women sing "I Just Need Some Dick." I was not really prepared <laughs> for that okay. moment. So but here's, yeah. here's my question. Go ahead. I've seen like you know little clips. cell phone videos and clips mm-hmm. of her performing. How is she as a performer? In um, your opinion, imagine a coffee house singer. That also looks like that she used to strip on the side. Well, she does strip. Yes. She did strip. Yes. So vocally, she's rather impressive. I would say that. She doesn't like give you like like the big belting, like Monica mm-hmm. Brandy, like ballad vocal. Yeah. But she can carry she can carry a solid melody. She can, I might say she's not off pitch. 
It legit sounds like it does on album. Mm-hmm. And I can, you know, I can see it for her. Like sometimes she will literally sit there on her stool. She don't do too much movement. Is it a, is it an engaging performance? I would say so. Okay, so here's my here's my question, and I don't, you know, I don't know enough about Summer Walker, so that's why I'm asking. Um, I've only seen clips, and to be fair, I have this question about a lot of artists. Are you captivating on stage because you're you're a good performer or are you captivating on stage because you got a hit record? And basically you're waiting for, like you 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 as an audience member are waiting for that big the hit. record, mm-hmm. the hit right. record. I used to think that about LMA. And then I saw mm-hmm. LMA perform like okay. last Sunday. Right, and I was right. like, okay, yo, no, LMA is kind of she's kind of a captivating performer. Like like I don't have that I don't have any question about her. Yeah. Like I've seen that with yeah. her. Like her is like she's an amazing performer. Oh yeah. Like her is gonna, like, hers gonna have you in your seat. You just might say, remember the uh the chick writhing around five heartbeats? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, that's her. That's her. So but I what I um you know, artists I was gonna ask what about SZA too, but <laughs> they be on SZA's head, man. <laughs> they be on SZA's head about her about her show. And I've never seen a SZA show. I've seen clips of the Scissor I Show. I have seen this. I saw the Scissor Show when I got back here after Harvey. And thank the about to say the crowd, you know, this is back when her vocals was like just straight, like wasn't nothing like, you know, mm-hmm. no health wrong, elements of yeah. it. So she was straight. She was cool. But them clips of yeah. everything ever since and yeah, the pronunciation I mean, of Thursday. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know what is Thursday. Ryan, help me out. What is they killing her, man? They they really are killing on that. And 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 um and I try to I try to approach these things on the mic at least with Mm -hmm. care because um I never want to sound like the angry hating ass artist that sees people that get on but but oh the mad rapper yeah but i have to <laughs> but i can't i have to acknowledge the fact that my shit more john blaze than that what what i what i would say what i what i would honestly say is that a lot of these artists are hitting really big before they're ready yeah and mm. um artist development is very important true no matter what we think artist development is like and and it may not even be your show. It may be your interviews. It may not be your interviews. It may be your show. It may not be either one of those. It may be just like you only caught one song and then the rest of your songs are terrible. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like that that it happens that way. Yeah. And then Or you're still the performer that decides to perform over your own vocals, which I as a rap fan I think that is the as laziest. an R&B fan yeah. it is, is the laziest, the laziest yeah. form of performance ever I don't like it I was and at a show I, I literally drove in from Dallas just to catch a show because somebody on the bill I really I love and I care about she was performing Yeah. so I was like okay cool I'm gonna cut my trip in Dallas short just to go see this performance mm-hmm. now thanks to 45 traffic being 45 traffic I missed her set mm-hmm. but I stayed around long enough to kind of catch everybody else that was performing when you have to yell at the crowd to turn up, but you are literally rapping over your own vocals, yeah, 
you give me no reason to turn up, bro. Right. And like so none. I I just feel like you may really like and and I get it like I don't know if I turned down the check either when I was when like for instance um did I ever tell you the Frankie Beverly and May story? <laughs> oh, this is hilarious. Uh, uh, maybe not. So, oh, this is hilarious. When I was uh 20, 2012 um I had one EP up. One EP. Nobody knew who I was. I had done a couple of features for some artists. I did it. By then, I had done music with Les and the Nice Guys. Um, Tell the Nice Guys to put the, the show on um, streaming services, That'll please. never happen. God. I doubt it'll ever happen. Shout out to the Nice Guys. Um, um, and who else had I done music with by then? This was pre... Oh, D'Lo. Yeah. Definitely done with D'Lo, right? So, um, that was you and D'Lo tag teaming on that show, right? Yeah. So DeLorean calls me and he says, Hey, um, we are, well, my dad is throwing a concert in Tyler and it's Fantasia and Frankie Beverly and Mays. And he wants me to open. But he's like, look, man, I'm a rapper and I don't really think them folks going to really come to see me. So what I what I would rather do is have you come and we do the songs that we got together and then you do like a couple of your songs and then we could just split the money my dad's going to pay us. I was like, shit, Frankie Beverly Mays, I'm I'm there. Mm-hmm. So we go into this arena-like thing. It was, uh, what was the name of it? Um, it's, in, um, it's in Tyler. It's called the... Um, I was I was going to juggle Hills at the Palmasan Arena. No, because again, Tyler, Texas, all you can really do is like drink and just it was, go to college. It, no, it That's was it. called. Um, oh man, I can't remember. The Oil Palace. That's what it's called. It's called close the oil, enough. It's called the Oil Palace. Close it's close. That's close to Palmasan. Like they throw like wrestling events there, and it's like a. It's probably like the size of the Baby Dome. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Probably bigger, actually. All right. Um. And for those who don't know what the Baby Dome is, first of all, you're a loser because you didn't go to PB. Um, second, uh, the Baby Dome is the basketball arena that Prairie View A&M University, the Prairie View A&M University plays basketball in. And won so, swag this and, year. And won the swag. Not, reg- whoop, whoop. Not, not just regular season, but the tourney. But the tourney. Well. And a fight go with that. Um, so, yes, yeah, so it was about that size. Uh, just think of your average, um, you know, mid-major college univer- um, arena. So, we get there, and I'm like, yes, I'm absolutely finna open for Frankie Beverly and Mays and Fantasia. Like, mm-hmm. this is dope. I got there, and looking back on it, like, I think I did a pretty decent job, but looking back on it, I was not ready for that stage. I wasn't ready for it. Um, not because mentally I wasn't ready, but performance-wise, I wasn't there. And... What typically happens is these artists, they throw a song on SoundCloud or they hit TuneCore and they throw the song up there on, you know, on all the, on all the, the streaming platforms. Mm-hmm. And a year later, like LMA happened, the song catches and then it goes viral. And then you, or the song catches immediately. Well, then you, because of that, you then have to start doing shows to this. You you now have a marketplace where you can go and actually tour. 
and you have at least a place where you can do 200 seaters wherever you go. Sometimes 2,000 seaters, you know, whatever the case may be. But a lot of these artists aren't prepared to get on stage and perform a show. And it may be because you don't have enough music. It may be because you don't have enough performance, you know, uh, acumen or, you know, you don't have enough skill. You don't do enough rehearsing to do it. So when you sit there and you perform your songs and you, A, maybe have been relying on auto-tune this whole time. Or a backing track. or, or And you ain't got them. Because first of all, to travel with a sound guy that has auto-tune and all that kind of stuff, mm-hmm. that's not cheap, bro. It's not cheap at all. So when you when you don't have that to help you out, when you don't have um, the the conf- confines of your living room to like figure it out, and you got to figure it out in front of two thousand people, that can be a really bad situation for you. And so when you don't get developed, you go on stage in front of these people. And I'm saying that because there's so many artists now that want the big stage right now. Yeah, niggas want to go to the NBA straight out of junior high school, and then they you get out there and they like, oh, these niggas hooping out here. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So like when you see artists like like there's not a lot of new artists that I would go and see. I felt I felt that way a lot like recently. The moment I realized like yo, I think I've seen all my legends that I really want to see. It did. Anita Baker says, "Hey, I'm coming to Texas." And then you couldn't get on the ticket. Nigga, no one can get yeah. the damn ticket. Like I like that like I think it's like I really be I really be wanting to the Frankie Beverly and May show taught me exactly what I needed to do from here on out. Exactly. Because it didn't have no band. It was just a DJ, all that kind of stuff. They were just playing our track. I don't even think we had a DJ. I think somebody in the sound booth was just playing our music, right? Mm. But I took the moment to go out into the crowd when I was done. And I watched Frankie Beverly and May. I watched Fantasia, too. Fantasia was an amazing performer. Mm. Like, Fantasia was seven months pregnant. And she jumped out there, and the first thing she did was kick her shoes off, and she stood on a subwoofer and was singing her face off, like drenched in sweat, like the meme of Fantasia. Mm-hmm. Like, that's how she looked at the end of that <laughs> yes. show. Right. Like, I put it to you like this, because I've seen Fantasia, like, this killer crowd, right? If Fantasia bottom lip ain't quivering, she ain't really getting in. She ain't really getting it in at all. Frankie Beverly and Mays got up there. This was right before Frankie started having the issues with his voice. And yeah. um, I think there was rumors that he had throat cancer and all that kind of stuff. Right. Two straight hours of hits and hit after hit after hit. This man ain't put an album on in 30 years. Hit after hit after hit. And the crowd was on a feet like the whole mm-hmm. time. And I and I learned, right? That was one of the best concerts I've ever been to. Yeah. Them, Earth, Wind, and Fire, and D'Angelo. D'Angelo's the best one I've ever, my favorite one. All right. Um, mine would be that Prince show at, uh, one at in, South Park. I hate that I missed that shit. Nig- n- nigga, like. I, I it, never got it, to see Prince. Over so. time, it's now become the most surreal performance I've ever witnessed because. Because yeah. it's Prince. Because it's <laughs> Prince. And it also Fife is gone from Fife Tribe. Fife is gone, yeah. So yeah, it's yeah. like so that show is like crystalline in my head forever. Yeah. Um Outcast at Hangout Fest in twenty fourteen. I literally drove from here to Gulf Shores, Alabama. Jeez. To go see Outcast. I and Outcast is my favorite group of all time. But Outcast is another example of that though. Mm-hmm. Um the reason why guys, you know why you 
probably will never hear an Andre 3000 album is because his stage fright is so bad that he, it's debilitating mm-hmm. for him. I watched him at Coachella mm-hmm. and I didn't, I watched it from my YouTube stream when they went on that tour, the 20th anniversary, right before they did Hangout Fest yeah. and all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Their first show was Coachella. Yeah. And when they got to doing the, the Love Below songs, yeah. and he did She Lives in My Lap, it was uncomfortable for me to watch um, Andre because Andre didn't, It was, he looked really, really uncomfortable on stage. And right. for a guy that's been doing that for this long, I knew that it wasn't because he's a bad performer. I just think that he has a, there's an anxiety there. Mm. And that's another thing about artists. If you have terrible anxiety, the last thing you want to do is sing on stage or rap on stage. Yeah. It ain't, it ain't, it's not like, let's say, I would say the biggest crowd I've ever performed in front of was 3,000 people a couple of times. Anthony Hamilton and Live After Five with, with, uh, with Magic. Yeah. With Magic. Um, we had 1,300, 1,400, something like that at... um at uh, Was it Life Jennings? Life Jennings. Um, I've done a couple of like maybe 2,500 in warehouse, mm-hmm. uh, probably for like that Paul Wall Comedian show. Yeah. Um. Then there was the uh oh uh, the Gentleman Jack show that I did mm-hmm. that they didn't want me on in the first place, and somebody convinced them to put me on it, and mm-hmm. um and Five Dog was was headlining it. Yeah. Um, and then the the promoter apologized to me mm-hmm. after I was done. I remember. Like it was yeah it was weird because I went on and then the nice guys came on yeah and it was like so that was this, it, yeah and this is before uh, Jack Daniels started doing art, art beats and lyrics too which is kind of hilarious no this was art beats and lyrics it was like the it was like the early ones though right yeah it was the really early ones but it was in the big room at, at Warehouse oh yeah, yeah. Cause and then, now, cause like the yeah. next year they had um, Scarface right and now they've moved to doing over at, uh, at Minute Maid and they kind of opened it up to mostly art space and like artists and stuff right there yeah. and then, like they'll have like DJs in like the main area yeah so like I've done that and I've gone on stage with a group and without a band and with like I've done those types of things, right? It's a nerve wracking situation if you don't really aren't really um comfortable in and it's like playing sports, it's like playing basketball. If you're not comfortable in your game, you're not gonna really you're not gonna really ball the way you wanna ball, right? But do y'all think the audience really values the performance anymore? I don't think young people do because they've never seen a great performance. Yeah. Yeah, like I, they, I agree. The average twenty-two-year-old ain't has never seen D'Angelo in concert. Yeah, the average twenty-two-year-old probably don't even know who Earth, Wind, and Fire is. The average eighteen-year-old has no idea who Maxwell is, or check the numbers, bitch. Or do they, yeah, <laughs> check check the numbers, bitch. Um, that rap-wise, the average eighteen-year-old ain't going to a Jay Z concert. Yeah, they're not going to a um. They they might they'll they'll go to a Kanye show and I think that if you cut out the bullshit, Kanye's one of the greatest hip hop performers we might have ever seen. All sure. right, I, all right. So in Kanye's turn, right, the best Kanye show I have ever been to, bar none. Like if it's his solo Kanye, yeah, 
Glow in the Dark tour. Yeah, yeah. Everybody's, everybody's, everybody's consensus is that the best show that they've ever seen from him was um, Glow in the Dark. Yeah. Now, the the second, the consensus second has always been Watch the Throne. Correct. And then the uh, and then Jesus was always like maybe third or fourth. Right. Because it's, I mean, it's Kanye on the mountain. Right. Right. But then there's people. There's a, a a pocket of people who got to see Kanye at the Fader Ford. Yeah. With with the original good music, right? There's also a, a consensus of people that saw Kanye do late reg- re- late registration with an orchestra. Yeah, on yeah, tour. late orchestration. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. So like, but nobody's gonna say St. Paulo was their favorite Kanye show because right, because he was tripping. He was not only was he tripping. I just find it weird that if you were in the if you're in the mosh pit area, yeah, yeah, yeah. That shit is like the most the time of your life. But if yeah, you're in the yeah. audience, like in a seat, yeah, you're, you're just like, looking at everybody else. You're just watching. It's you're like, just oh. a kid in time out watching everybody. Exactly. Have recess. It's all. It's like Bob Dylan's uh, Battle of a Thin Man. Like you're just literally looking at things, asking like, wait a second, am I the weird one for or watching is, y'all do this? Right, or, right, right. Or are y'all the weird ones? Yeah. Because y'all voluntarily chose to jump around to music that is sad, like yeah, yeah, like it's Paolo, like the some of them Paolo records, like you really like break it down. They are sad ass songs. This nigga's dying, and these niggas is like yeah. legit losing their mind, yeah. jumping up and around. I mean, I would say uh, the best, um, and and I still have to see him, um, but from what I've seen of him, I think that torch goes to uh, Travis. Nah, Kendrick. Oh yeah, yeah. I give it to Kendrick because yeah, yeah. Because uh, to, uh, to me, ago, Travis is a lot of Travis is a lot of auto tune and pyrotechnics, and it's a big show, mm-hmm. and I and I understand it. But when when he was unknown mm-hmm. and performing and fighting swag and his, fighting niggas in the, uh, in the audience, yeah, his swag was on zero. So I think that for him. He has to have a song that everyone loves for yeah. him to be gassed up for it. Mm-hmm. That's what I think. Yeah. And, but Kendrick, the very first time I saw Kendrick, yeah, I saw him Section Eighty, his first show in Houston mm. when it was three hundred people in the in the studio room at Warehouse. Yeah. And uh, and Schoolboy Q was his hype man. Yeah. And um and he freaked out because OG Ron C was behind him. Yeah. And he came out and he walked through the crowd and spoke to everybody. Like Kendrick was a performer then. Yeah. I remember my first Kendrick experience was South by twenty either it was twenty eleven twenty twelve. I like, know it was twenty eleven. Like this was right before Section Eight came out. This is when he had the Kendrick the overly dedicated EP. Yeah. Like he performed Michael Jordan at Peckerheads. Yeah. Like when I tell you the yeah. building That's when he used to perform shook. Music. Yeah. I was like, oh actually this yeah. different. Actually I think that show that I saw was right before section eighty. Yeah. Yeah. Like yeah. that like it, that, you kinda really like, no no over. That little motherfucker is different. No, yeah, yeah. he's cold. He cold. And um I also think I also think Chris is an amazing performer. Oh, bro. Crit is high energy, um, all the time. Crit runs through about Crit will ruin a whole shirt up there. Yeah, sweating, sweating. Um, another guy I saw at Smokers Club that I had never seen, but I got a chance to see him. And I was like, "Yo, this is dope." Um, Method Man. 
Yeah, oh, he's yeah. a great performer. Yeah, Method Man's uh, Method Man's a great performer now. Yeah, like he, yeah. like I, I, you said this on Twitter uh, yesterday. We were talking about Juvenile, we're talking about a yeah, dude yeah. That, that never lost the ability to rap. Yeah, Method Man is a dude that's never lost the ability to Method throw in a fire ass performance. Method Man is him great, and Red Man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They, those guys, man. It's it's a, and I want people, but you know what? I think with artists now. There is no incentive, and I get it that you want to be able to create your own path and all that kind of stuff, but you want to start, you you want to watch and study artists that came before you a little mm-hmm. bit so that you know how to perform up there. Yeah, remember like, when everybody tried to do the Jay-Z, just stand and perform and kind of yeah. like just do left to but, right, side yeah. to side? Which is cool if your bars is tight, but if your bars ain't tight, then I don't I don't really care what you have to say. Yeah, like you know what I'm saying. Like this is like a, I just saw Rico Love um, posted on Instagram. He was talking about uh, uh, you know he's promoting his uh, his music conference, mm-hmm. and he said um, he had this Jay Z story where like they were they were on the Truth Tour with Usher because you know he wrote Throwback for Usher, right? And um, they were doing the version. He was on tour with Usher doing the version where he raps where he has a verse on it, right? And um, he said that um, he goes up there, he does his verse, and he comes off the stage and he goes, he's going back to the dressing room and Jay-Z is there, like in the the backstage. And Mm -hmm. Jay-Z was like, yo, come here. He said, "Um, yo, man, you really can't rap. Hmm. He said, but, um, he said, you really can't rap, but you got to give people a chance to, like, feel you. So you hype on stage, but nobody got a chance to get hype with you because you didn't give them an opportunity to really feel what you were saying in the rap. He said, so next time you go out there, go to the middle of the stage and stand there and rap and perform, do the hand movements and do all that kind of stuff. Give them eight bars and then do the rest of the verse. Mm-hmm the way you got but you want people to, to catch build it up to build it up yeah they, they can, like, just you want their attention energy. yeah you know what i'm saying like i'm it's a um it's really a um there's an art to performing and i don't think that a lot of artists really um care about that right i think nah. they i nah. think they just want the bag but i'm here to tell you that when when the music stops selling mm-hmm. and you can't get another record out you have to keep, in order to keep the lights on, you're going to have to keep yeah, performing. performing. You road. can't keep being a bad performer. Yeah, no. Like, you know who I thought was going to be a bad performer, but come to find out was actually pretty damn good? Who? Cardi. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She's uh, she's pretty good. Like, I've been from what I've been seeing, she's, um, you know, I think what it is is she's doing a lot of her personality on stage. Mm-hmm. She's, you know, moving around, you know. She's a, um, um, she's a, um, She's a stripper, so you know she's used to being in front of everybody. Yeah, but I also think that she's a theater kid too. Yeah, that too. Like, that, yeah, yeah when, that you, too. when you got both those, both those worlds mesh in yeah, like yeah. at the rodeo itself. I was like, yo, I don't know if she can really like kill it like for forty minutes for seventy five thousand people. Yeah, yeah. yeah, like is she capable of pulling this off with I'm, the limited amount of material that she has technically? Yeah. And I was like, well, I'll be damned. I'm um. I've heard mixed things about Cardi actually. About I've her heard performance. Yeah, I've heard people who are really hyped for it be disappointed 
and I've heard people who didn't expect much mm-hmm. and they were pleasantly surprised by yeah, I think, it. Yeah, I think what you have to, I think the people that that didn't love it probably were people that came in with these high expectations that she was going to be Beyonce. Yeah. And you're not going to be, nah. you know, we ain't, we ain't, nah, we ain't doing that. Baby. We're not going to go that far. Mm-hmm. No, you know baby. what I'm saying? But if you, if you just there to have a good time and just listen to Cardi rap the shit that you've been listening to in your car for the last yeah. year or two, mm-hmm. then you you gonna have a good time, especially if you've been drinking. Yeah, you know nah, what I'm saying. Like drinking, do ratchet shit. Like Cardi is Cardi is to women. Well, I'll say this: Cardi and Megan, like their records right now, are to women what fight music was to us. Like True. back in back in the, uh, back in that music. era, it's crunk music for women. It's crunk, yeah, it definitely crunk music. It's crunk music for women. Like, you instead see, of fighting, no. instead of fighting, they twerking. They twerking. <laughs> like, I'm not mad at none of it at all. Like I will, I will legit like hug a wall and be like, yeah, have fun. <laughs> yeah, or, you, do, you do exactly that. Or. I will catch myself rapping along the big old freak. Why? Because the woman next to me is throwing hella ass to this record, and she's rapping yes. along with her homegirls. Thank you so much. And uh, I'm like, Megan. I'm like, appreciate you, appreciate you. Um, random, random, quick, quick, uh, uh, y'all's take on this. Oh uh, shit. So my my co-host on the Gems and Juice podcast, Jasmine. Um, mm-hmm. she's a lovely young lady, but uh, yeah, she's shout also to Jasmine. Man. Yeah, shout out to her. Um, she has this hot take that I was shocked. But she went to go see a pink show. Okay. Oh, um, so wait, how many? Must say, how many rings did a uh, pink kind of go through in all them damn hoops? She said, "How many goddamn? I don't, I don't know." Lifts and, and uh, aerial <laughs> swings, Tra- trapeze and yeah. that shit. Go ahead. She went ahead and said this show was amazing, and I asked her on a scale of you know mediocre to Beyonce. How good was this show? She, yeah, she said, said it, was than it was more entertaining than any Beyonce show she had seen. So, Jasmine, we, we look, love your humanity. Look. We respect your look, humanity. Look. But I'd be goddamned if you say a pink show is better than the Beyonce show. I'm sorry. I, look, I'm I I have never seen Pink perform. I don't. There is not a Pink song that makes me want to see her perform. That's my main takeaway. Yeah. So. I I can't say that she's good or bad. I just know that every time she's performing, she's swinging around on somebody's yeah. on somebody. There, there are a lot of acrobatics she, she, involved. I'm just saying, she, it's she, like she Cirque du like Soleil. No there, matter man, what, she's been doing that shit. Some, for I'm waiting for some awkward to happen. I need her to not. But I'll be I'll be goddamned. Yeah. If you tell me, <laughs> Jasmine, that lady is here, okay. different. Yes. Different, maybe I'll give you different. But, but in terms know. like. Right again, now, right now, living there is no greater showman in music than Beyonce, Janelle, Zell, Knowles, Carter. Okay, no, no, I think, no, and I think no. um, after that, somewhere close to that would probably be like Janelle Monae. Yeah, Bruno's good. Yeah, Bruno, Bruno's really good. But I say, wait, how much white has Bruno had that day? Look. <laughs> Whatever it is, it's good. I'm just saying, man. Whatever it is, it's look, it's, it's that some 24 good. Karat Magic album was possessed by the spirit of all the following people on drugs. Yeah, Teddy Riley, okay, James okay. Brown. Oh yeah, Booker Sugar, Bobby Brown, Bobby Brown, um, and Jodeci, and a little bit of Jodeci sprinkling in. Got to throw a little air Bruno Mars. Bruno Mars, I believe, wishes he was a member of Jodeci. Like back he in the does. day, he Bruno wishes is, so much. Bruno's dope, man. And for years, I I was like. Like, yeah. Did you call him the wine punch man? Because he kind of looks like the no, wine punch man. I didn't. But I was just like, you know, when the when the you're amazing just the way you are when those was oh, coming out. The like I wasn't really the, out, yeah. when the pop records was was you know doing mm-hmm. this thing. I wasn't really that engaged, but I had to like 
really sit and be like, no, these are really well written songs. I just don't necessarily listen to them. Right. right? Like they, he makes amazing music. He's a great writer, man. He's a great performer. Mm -hmm. Uh, He does his thing out there, man. And um, he's definitely going to be one. He's definitely one of those Vegas, uh, um, Vegas residency type of type of artist. Yeah. So, Um, um, but I'm glad you brought up Cardi. All right. Because we're going to switch gears here. Oh, God. Are we we, going to be breaking down why niggas believe that drugging and robbing somebody is should not be equivalent to sexually assaulting somebody. Okay, so for for context, for anybody that's been off of social media and all of these things, I thought we was about to talk about Aunt Becky trying to scam all them. Uh, oh no, we're gonna get to that too. <laughs> we're definitely gonna get to that too. So, um, typically, okay, so typically on my show we do, you know, we talk about your origin and like where you came from and how you got to writing. We'll get to that. Yeah, yeah, we, yeah. But that's, that's we shoot the shit. To we, that. we know yeah. that we shoot the shit. Fuck yeah. all that. So. If you haven't been paying attention, uh, an old video of, and I knew it was an old video because she didn't have her teeth fixed. <laughs> no, nah, that was when she didn't, that that's, was when her teeth a, That's a very astute point, though. You that was, I knew it was. Like, I, when point. I looked at it, I was like, her teeth ain't fixed. This is old. Um, but she got on IG, Cardi B got on IG Live, and she was talking about all the things that she had to do to, um, sur- to survive or the things that she felt she had to do to survive. Mm-hmm. Um um, while, you know, um, being in the strip club game and, and doing her thing before she was a rapping, before she was on Love and Hip Hop, and, and all that Before she of was stuff. legit, like, before she was Cardi, Cardi B, B's social right. media star. Yeah. Like, we talking um, like the early, early. Yeah. Um, back when Joe Button was tipping her. Shout out to Joe <laughs> Button. Because uh, <laughs> Joe Button always talk about when, you know, the Cardi he knew at yeah. such and such strip club. Yeah. So. Um, but, one of the things that she said was she would um guys that wanted to have sex with her, she would take back to a hotel room and drug them and then rob them. Mm-hmm. Okay. The other one that she said yeah. was that I don't know if she was serious or not, but she said that, you know, um, there's more than one way to get back at your man for cheating. And that way is to take a little bit of whatever drug, drug him, get him really drugged. And then when y'all about to have sex, you bring a trans woman in. And um, when you wake up, you've had sex with a trans. Yeah. And then you've gone. Okay. So how do you I, <laughs> how do you guys feel about that like cause I'm 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 gonna just chill like I'm, I'm gonna chill for right now I'm gonna give mine when y'all are done All but right. continue thanks for putting me on the spot brother <laughs> Freeman uh you know we here at, at the at the good folks of uh the, the 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 sanctuary that is Brandon Caldwell and his line of logic yeah I am like look bruh the woman came from an environment in which literally there are dudes who will kill women at mm-hmm. any sense of rejection. Like a whole bunch of niggas that look like Myron from Players Club mm-hmm. turning mm-hmm. mad murderous. <laughs> Myron. In case shit go it must say when shit goes wrong. Mm-hmm. Now, I will say this. I have been propositioned for sex by a stripper at a strip club. In fact, it was a stripper in New Orleans that did this, and I, I was like all, I think we all have. I was like, you know what, babe? I enjoy your accent and all that, but I got work in the morning, and I ain't trying to lose no money 
going with you because Lord knows what could happen. Yeah, we're going to make that money back. Shit. No. Because <laughs> I got to drive six hours to get the money first, bro. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's true. So, for all for what she said in these two, IG, these two old IG Live videos, one. To say that you know to drug you to drug your man and have him sleep with a with a trans um, a woman who has transitioned or is in the process of transitioning, I mean, it's it's dark, it's a little fucked up, but if that's your ministry, then by all means go for it. As to the first one, I'm not about to sit here and try to be be mad at Cardi B for telling me, hey. Look, if somebody if somebody try to proposition me for sex and I don't trust this dude for one, I'm going to drug this dude and rob this dude. Well, that's your prerogative. Like, it's not sexual assault because guess what? You didn't sleep with him. It's just simple assault. And given the fact that I have listened to people talk about raping women on records, drugging women on records, fighting and fighting women on records. The entirety of Niggas for Life by NWA, I can't listen to the same way no more. I'm like, okay, and? And the thing about it is why I say I'm like, okay, and, is because I think we've now reached a point with Cardi where it's like, what can be said that really is going to bring Cardi down? And I think that there are many hills to die on with Cardi B trying to, like, you know, stop her own back, mm-hmm. but this ain't going to be the one. Like, it's going to have mean, to be some real. I think that depends real... on whether or not. Whatever corporation she's aligned with, yeah, really value what they talking exactly. Because right now she has bags coming in from Fashion Nova, Pepsi. I don't think Fashion Nova gives a shit. No, Fashion Nova may not care. Yeah, Pepsi, Pepsi might. Pepsi may like. Yeah, but this Pepsi is also over. thinks that you can give a cop a Coke, uh, a Pepsi, yeah. And, um, yeah, and it'll be all right. So to me, I think really this is gonna blow over because again, we are now in a in a culture where. If anybody does anything we don't necessarily agree with, we instantly wants to ca- we instantly want to cancel them. Um, in particular, well, we may get to this later, but there is. I don't really believe cancel culture exists in the real world. It doesn't, but yeah, I believe can- we'll man, cancel cancel culture may exist on Twitter. It may exist on IG, but in the real world, I can legit like go outside and just be chilling on in my backyard or some. One of my neighbors is playing "Your Body's Calling" by R. Kelly, and I'm like. I will make a face. I'm like, ugh. Because he ain't got no Twitter. But do you, the cancel culture did result in real life issues for them. Like Bill Cosby, nobody, people knew about him for years. Mm-hmm. Nobody said anything until, uh, uh, who was it? The comedian Hannibal Burris yeah. went on. Yeah. And yeah. then that resulted in real life consequences for him. Same thing with R. Kelly. I think a lot of times we can we think of cancel culture, we're thinking of not... I would say like legal things that you can legit go get people. After, yeah. Like right? these people, these people we that, that you're mentioning are people that are like currently or in the past had to deal with the judicial system. Yeah. So we don't have to do anything. We just can watch you burn in court. But when it comes down to people that like, like Kanye, for instance, right? Mm-hmm. Everybody wants to cancel Kanye. Kanye tripping. Kanye said a lot of stupid shit. Mm-hmm. Um, Kanye looks like he's trying to get 
us back in his good graces by performing gospel songs every Sunday. Which is almost like the OJ equivalent to going to black church. Yeah. See, I told I said that on Twitter uh-huh. that day. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> and um but in the end, Kanye didn't break any laws. Like Kanye didn't Kanye So you're saying re- cancel culture doesn't exist in terms of a, a controversial statement that somebody said. Yeah, yeah you say something you say something crazy, maybe you do something crazy. People are like, oh, you canceled. You know, I ain't canceled nobody. Yeah. Well, wait, well, wait. Well, Sabrina Claudia may be the only person I ever heard of, like, actually got like. Yeah, but that's because she was also saying racist ass shit. And on top of that, it's really easy to cancel somebody that didn't have a career to begin with. So, like, like it's easy to cancel me. I ain't got 6,000 followers on Twitter. And that took a minute. Yeah. Took, and, uh, took and, a minute. Yeah. And like, the crazy part about it is, and we say this all the time when me and you just talking, like, even off air. The shit you say that has nothing to do with music is the shit that goes all the way up. Yeah. Like, I'm looking at one, I looked at one tweet, it's got 59,000 retweets. Mm-hmm. Like, that, that has nothing to do with music. Um, and it's like, like, I'm I'm easy to cancel. I I would venture to say, like, even up to a certain level of celebrity, Ella Mae is easy to cancel if she say, some, say the wrong thing. Right. If she jump crazy, right. if she jump crazy, it's going to be over. Yeah, it's going to uh, be, yeah. Summer Walker, it's easy, easy. To, to do. Um, people, um, was mad at, people were mad at Ella Mae because she couldn't name three Aretha Franklin songs. Yeah. Like, yeah. we are definitely in an age where it's easy to be, like, upset at shit and easy to kind of feel a way about anything. Yeah. And we start projecting our own shit on it. Like, for example... I'm gonna say I'm pretty sure they canceled OG Mecca, <laughs> but that's easy to have. Yes, Wait. but that's easy to do. What, what, did, what did he do? I forgot. Um, I forgot what he did, but he, um, but it didn't work. It didn't work. Okay, it didn't yeah. work. It and, didn't work. And, and then, we ain't heard his and name. Then, um, shoot, I know. At, at, I say at your at your regular nine to five. I mean, they talking Tom Izzo. Yeah, and they and trying to get Tom Izzo out the paint because he bought up his fist. Yeah. And it looked like he was about to, to, to steal off on one of his players, and he had to get restrained mm-hmm. by his own players because he's like, "Yo, coach, you tripping?" Yeah, we gonna we gonna talk about that later. <laughs> you tripping? Because I have my own thoughts. But about in that. regards to but say, bringing it back to Cardi, like we are talking about things in a video set in hypothetical situations well, that look, she said she did. I think, but you can't really prove it. Like whatever saying surviving Cardi B is a hashtag and mute Cardi B. I'm like. Well, I think a lot of that was kind of like was a joke. It was, was just jokes, jokes and it yeah. was just like, because I laughed. I was like, oh, y'all niggas is ready to tell y'all story. Okay, cool. But like, I think. Look, I'm, I'm, I'm sitting here trying to survive, surviving Ticketmaster to get these uh, damn Anita Baker tickets. Yes. I'm ready to tell my side. Okay. Um, I think Cardi, and, and it's not the first time she's done this. Cardi has um, a tendency to overshare. Yes. Mm -hmm. And there are things that she talks about. Some of it might just be funny and cool and it's jokes. And it's just like, oh, she's just, you know, she's like a comedian almost. But like, there's some things that like, like I never had to know that you used to rob niggas Mm -hmm. and drug them. I never had to know that you ever thought about, even thought about like trying to like sneak a, a trans woman in the has like like that is not the part of the journey that I care about. Like, yeah, you had to strip. Maybe you did some unsavory other unsavory things to uh to get by. Um I mean it's just like it's just like I know Hove has talked about these things, but Hove doesn't necessarily have to 
there's kind of a way you could tell that story. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like Hove shot his own uncle. You know what I'm saying? Like yeah. Hove shot his uncle. No, but brother, his, uncle, he shot his brother. His brother. But his brother was a crackhead. Like his, yeah. his brother was tripping. And he shot his brother. You know what I'm saying? Like I, I get it. And I know that rappers like like even like I never want to hear rap niggas talking about how they drugged a girl and took her home. I don't have to know that, bro. Like I don't I don't I don't ever have to know that. Like because if you're gonna tell me that in a rap and try to get me to dance to it, I'm not with that. Like I'm not gonna dance to that, bro. Like I'll be straight goodie mob with it. They don't dance no more. Yeah, All like do is but how do y'all feel about and this is going off tangent, I know, but uh when Webby had that song, Gimme That. In 2005, <laughs> a I lot was of people jamming. dancing to that. In 2005, I was jamming. Even like there's on us on one of the lyrics is "I raped that ass." Yes. <laughs> like, fam, are you serious? <laughs> and I, Webby says a lot of like Webby does that on the red carpet with people that. That are interviewing yeah, him. Yeah, Charlotte McGay. Charlotte McGay. Charlotte What uh what red carpet was that where he was telling the girl, I got a big day? Uh, like he kept saying it. Something like that. And I said, What what are you You remember the Walmart interview? Yeah, I think so. Oh man. Like if you do Ryan, you gotta look up Webby at Walmart. <laughs> Yo, he's Webby's one of them interviews, man. But Webby's a weird but yeah, like guy. There's, like there's certain records like like that. Like, give me. I can't listen to. But give then me I that, also. Uh, but then I also look at Webby as like Webby knows good and damn well that he will never be the stature of other rappers. Yeah, yeah. Nah. He makes his music for the hood nigga down the street, mm-hmm. like down the street in Baton Rouge, like yeah. He don't really care if niggas in New York love him. He don't care if dudes on the West Coast love him. He care about Texas, Texas Louisiana, Louisiana, Alabama, Alabama Mississippi, and Mississippi and, and Florida and Georgia. Yeah, like he the, care about the side, the side. <laughs> but like he, I don't like he don't ever want to be that. It's like like we wouldn't necessarily appreciate two chains if his name was still Titty Boy. Yeah. No matter, so like, no matter how much of a gospel record Duffel Bag Boy is. Yeah, it's I mean, gospel record. I, I just feel like there's certain artists that know exactly what they want to say all the time, and they don't care, even if it's not like in a, a thing that um that makes a difference to them. Like if it's if it's something that uh, might be controversial to them, they might feel a certain way. But it's like you might be mad at me, but I never like okay, cool. Don't book me for this show that I would never gotten booked to anyway. Like don't. Like before this, I wasn't trying to be there. Like, are you not, what you gonna do? Not invite me to the Met Gala? Yeah. Like, I don't want to be at the Met Gala. I don't even have an outfit that would <laughs> that would fit the Met Gala. Or don't nominate me for a Grammy. Fine, I don't care. Like, there's some artists that are like that, but then there are other artists that, you know, like Cardi has to learn at some point that sometimes oversharing can be to her detriment. Yeah. I also think that it's probably not a good idea to tell people that you drug them and send trans women or men or whatever yeah. 
into a room with him as retaliation. Honestly, I'm surprised that did, that clip didn't get more play. That didn't get more play. It was yeah. just like, oh, we just robbing. Like, <laughs> bro, dudes that don't pay for sex, rappers, mm-hmm. get their jewelry stolen by women that come to the hotel room with them because they don't put it in the safe or whatever it is. Like, it's like, it's not, that's not a new thing. Guys be out here moving wrong. And, but this is also like a case of like Omar from The Wire. Yeah. Omar, if you've never watched The Wire, guys, The Wire is about the police in in, um, Baltimore, the drug trade in Baltimore, the drug dealers in Baltimore, and then there's one guy in Baltimore who robs the drug dealers. Yeah. He don't run up in people's houses and people grandma houses and steal their shit. He robs the drug dealer. Why? Because what are you going to do? Tell me, tell the cops that somebody stole $100,000 of my money and and 16 kilos of my cocaine? Yes. Like what are you, what are you going to do? Right? So like even with with Cardi like even if you're talking about robbing people, if you're talking about robbing people it's like what man is going to come forward and say, Mary, yeah, like man, I bought some, uh, I was going to purchase some some ass, and uh, she robbed me. <laughs> like, that's a crime, too. Yeah. So, like, it's just like. You're legit implicating yourself in something yeah. that you don't know. So, in basically, other words, by coming out, you are literally blowing up your own spot yeah. in yeah, ways yeah. that you probably shouldn't blow up your spot. So, you, like, this is, one of them, this is one of those rare instances. Well, not rare, because this is a very popular uh, stance. Take your L's in silence. Yeah. But also, maybe not tell everyone that you're giving out those types of L's. Yeah. Yeah. Like. Like this, it, this, can, this might say both things can be true here. Both yeah. things can definitely be because true. Because just the same, look, just the same as any male rapper can get their lyrics read to them in a courtroom, mm-hmm. it can be done to a, a woman too. Like, they got female prisons too. So like, yeah. and and let me tell you something. There ain't no Fenty Beauty in in jail. So, oversharing is not a thing that we should all just. Necessarily, it's kind of like when um, ASAP, mm-hmm. when ASAP was talking about being in jail. Yeah, niggas yeah. was slipping on oh, semen man. and like, <laughs> what are you talking? No, no. ASAP. The wildest story about jail is still Boosie. Oh yes. man. <laughs> Oh, man, man, I won't go home, man. Boys, oh, man. Yo, come on, man. Come on, man. I said, yo. But, yeah. Um, Did you see his post about Jesse? Back <laughs> no, no, I didn't. No. Now, you know what? Let's let's get to that. Okay, yeah, so let's look. Let's get to We're going to talk about Because Boosie was like, that dude, you five for thanks to you. Oh, yes, I did see that. I did see that. Yeah, 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 yeah. I did see that. Look. I was like, Boosie, no. So, also, for those who've been living under a rock for whatever reason, um, Jesse got all 16 counts. Um, I'm not going to say they were dropped. I think that a few of them would drop. And um, oh, they were all dismissed, right? Yeah. Yeah, but he still had to pay like at, restitution yeah. back to the city. You paid you paid the he ten, forfeited you paid, his bond. Yeah, forfeited. You paid the ten yeah. percent of your bond, which was a hundred thousand, you had to pay ten. You did community service. 
and then they got the charges dropped, but you asked if the record be sealed. Jussie is fucking lying, dog. Like he's lying. He's lying. No person. Uh, and I'll tell you why. And I'll tell you why I say that. Nobody, nobody in the history of life that is innocent is asking their records to be sealed. Yeah. Nobody's doing that. Which I Stephen Avery from Making a Murderer, a murderer yeah. his records are not. They're not asking for his records to be sealed. He wants everybody to see that he's innocent. The Central Park Five, them niggas was innocent. Yeah. You can look up those court records right now. They're not asking those to be sealed. They, like, like guilty niggas don't even ask their um their for their records to be sealed a lot of the time. Yeah, no. Like it's just it's just common. Common knowledge a lot of the time. Because, you know, if you are, for example, since you were you compared yourself to Tupac. Tupac is very was pretty proud of the fact that he shot two cops. Yes, in self defense. Yes, and got and off. We talk uh, Ti, for instance. Like everybody has their their thoughts about Ti and the things that he does and things mm-hmm. that he says and all that kind of stuff. One thing I know about Tupac, I mean uh, about Ti, is that if you look up Ti's court documents, all that shit about niggas saying he snitched because and that's how he got shorter sentences. No, he got shorter sentences because he's rich and he can do that. Mm-hmm. Jesse Smollett got off because he's rich, semi, he ain't, and he, he can do he that. Well, Political he connections, I think, was the main thing. Yeah. I, okay, all of these things can be true. The Chicago Police Department is not trustworthy, mm-hmm. which is why they had a mole in the, in the police department, mm-hmm. and they were giving information to the media mm-hmm. before it actually came out. Yeah. There are people who got fired from hospitals because they leaked this dude's medical information yeah. to the public. Right. We know that. We also know that ain't nobody robbing you at negative 30 and then you telling everybody it was a white guy or two. two white guys and then they come out to be Nigerian. They weren't even light-skinned. They was dark-skinned Nigerians. Like... I want people to understand that this is not a, a people people gonna say, oh, we got the charges dropped, so that means you know, yeah, yeah, y'all didn't believe him, y'all didn't believe him. You know who else got his charges dropped? Robert R. Kelly. Fucking mm-hmm. Kelly. R. Kelly got twenty one child porn ch- uh, charges dropped, and if you've seen the video, that's fucking R. Kelly <laughs> pissing on a fourteen year old. True. <laughs> True. You know who got acquitted? OJ. And I think we know he did that shit. Yeah. <laughs> like he he did that. Yeah. There's a lot of people walking the walking the earth right now who got off with drop charges. So like all put it like this. Put it like this. They got Everybody off technicalities too. Yeah. Put it like this. Everybody that wants to uh to believe uh rape victims all the time, a lot of those people's um a lot of the assailants charges get dropped. Or they never even see court. Mm. A lot of people don't do any jail time. So you can't tell me that because Jesse got his shit uh uh, dropped that all of the things that he lied about is just something that he wasn't lying about yeah. because these things happen all the time yeah. and nobody even on his side of the fence is even remotely intelligent either because after you get that charge sealed in a white face. you're supposed to shut up <laughs> you're supposed to shut the hell up don't do what OJ did Yeah, put out a book 
if I did it. <laughs> don't do that. Don't. You're you're also don't have your attorney come out here saying, well, maybe they were in white face. They could have yeah. been in white face. The the problem is Jussie has to have a career after this. He can't just go and and not do anything. But how so, is he? Yeah, but how are you going to do he that? Has to, he has to act like he was a victim still. He can't just come out go and say, this, hey, I lied. He got to go on a victim tour. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and, uh, no, um, no. He, no the, the reality of it is that it's a victim tour, yes. But in his words, it's a vindication tour. Yeah. <laughs> Look here, Jesse. You need to go to a place where somebody to a place where you're not allowed to speak for a certain amount of time you need to stay there yeah because you're lying and we know you're lying and you're insulting a lot of people's intelligence too some of the people that i think still believe this guy can't be very intelligent like you can't, you cannot possibly look at all of the things that are going on in this in this thing, and but like, yes, it is very true. You can know that the Chicago Police Department is corrupt and trash. You could also believe, like, like we know that, mm-hmm. but we didn't have to magnify that with a a lying ass Jussie. Yeah, like we knew they was lying when they shot Laquan McDonald. Yeah. We knew they was we knew they was corrupt when they let the guy who shot him off. Yeah. We knew they was what was corrupt when they've done nothing in the hood when it comes to the violence in the, over there. Like they've done nothing. They've done no, like the like Chicago police has been trash for God knows how long. Like Chicago is one of the most segregated cities in America. Like I had to realize I had to figure out like every black person that I met from Chicago tells me they from the Chicago to West um, from the South side or the West side. And I'm like, why is everybody from the damn South side? Why is everybody from the South side? Well, that's cause where all the black people are. Mm-hmm. <laughs> ain't, no, ain't no black people on the East side of Chicago. They ain't even really an East side of Chicago. None of those black people live downtown. Like ain't, tell me, ain't the East side of Chicago, Gary, Indiana. Pretty much. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, like it's, yeah. Like it's, there's no, like I had to realize that you know it's kind of like um, it's it's even worse than like anybody that you meet from Houston. They always say they're from Southwest Houston. Yeah, and not re- a lot of times they're not really from the Southwest. But the thing is, like, for every five people that say they're from the Southwest, I can meet two that are from the North Side. Mm-hmm. And then for every for every five people on the Southwest, I know that I can meet you know one on the East Side. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like I can always do that. Yeah. But like. Chicago, black folks stay on the south side and the west side. And that is it. Yeah. <laughs> that is it. Like, unless they just rich. Like, so we know, I know that Chicago is one of the most segregated. Like, they was telling me, yeah, the, the, the Italians live over here mm-hmm. and the Jewish folks live over here it's and then the black folks live way back red there. Redlined like a motherfucker. Yeah. yeah. So, like, I know that Chicago is one of the most segregated cities in America with one of the most corrupt police um, departments um, in the country, probably behind the NYPD and the LAPD. Um, I know that. I know that. I don't need you to lie about something that happened to you for us to... Magna, to, for us to see yeah. that, I don't need to see that. Like yeah. I just watched the kid get shot sixteen times on 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 camera, and, and they dude, threw that shit on YouTube. Yeah, and the dude that did it only got six years, and may get less, may get less years. Depending yeah, and on then, but then all the people, all the people that falsified the reports, all the other cops that were there are walking free. 
Yeah. Making a sandwich like, at the crib. Like that's like I know that. I don't need you to tell me that some fake ass MAGA niggas beat you up outside of a subway and you kept the noose on until the cops got there. But see, part of that I think is why I think people kind of side with Jesse now. Like, for example, I, I pretty much thought he was lying from the second I heard the details of the story. But also, I don't really care that he lied now because you see how emotional and charged up the cops are getting. Mm-hmm. The mayor is out here making statements. Oh, the president is out here making statements. And it's like, y'all, okay, you wasted time and resources. It happens. This is not the first false claim this week probably for you guys and the fact that they're going so hard for it and acting like it's the biggest problem in a city when you're in Chicago Mm -hmm. and we all know what's going on with the murder rate over there Mm y'all got bigger problems than Jesse lying about something I mean yeah we do have bigger problems but like this nigga wasted a lot of people's time but you wasted a lot of people's time and a lot of resources and mm -hmm. a lot of shit like like during that time, something else could have been done for somebody else. Like Fair we enough. we could have we could have given that. Like for all we know, another kid might have gotten shot in his last month mm-hmm. from a cop. We don't know that shit because Jesse running around here, um, telling folks that somebody beat him up and he held onto his sandwich. Like that. Which, like, and which, I get it. Which probably I, the greatest advertisement for Subway I've ever heard. Open till yeah. two a.m. Open till two a.m. Like, look, man, <laughs> I, I am willing to. After I got my ass beat, I'm still willing to have your sandwich. I'm gonna still keep this sandwich though. I'm, still, I'm still in a polar vortex. I'm still. Yeah. I'm gonna still keep this tuna melt. Walking down. in with the noose on your neck. On the on the neck. <laughs> like, like, it's, like, like, like on nothing your skin. wrong with it. Like it's not, Like you went to TV, Johnny got a. You chain. got salami <laughs> grease on your. You got salami <laughs> grease on your neck on your on your face because you you want to get the five dollar foot long. You don't even have that no more, man. Subway whack oh, now. Oh, they don't? Nah. Well, first of all, Subway's been, let me, let's be clear. <laughs> Subway's been whack for True. many, many years. But yes. when you were broke, uh, when I was broke, at least, it came in the clutch sometimes. But now they got rid of the $5 foot long to so whack. I Fair enough. Cereal. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> but nah, like, that. that's just, um, Jesse, you're lying. Stop talking. Um, you're not helping. Your your lawyer's not helping. And now the feds are, are, are investigating your drop charges. Yeah. So... This isn't over for you, buddy. Um, <laughs> just stop. And like, fam, Empire's not that good. Empire's not that good for you to just be out here. Empire's one of them shows where, dog, if you miss one episode, you're not going back. You're not. You're definitely not you gonna go back. Going back. You just, it's just like I ain't never. I haven't met a person that said I've been. I binged watching the entire season of Empire. No, I you're not. Yet to you're meet not. That you're person. not. What's crazy about it is I still watch it, and it's grand. It's it. It has gotten so much worse. Yeah. Even even though I have friends on the show, um, Kayla Simone, she's from here. I forget the name of her character, but she's on the show. Is that the like, girl? Um, I think that was the one that was at ESG's show. Kayla Simone, is that the one that? Uh, what what is she doing on the show? Uh, she's a, she's a singer on the show. Her she and the one that got into it on like a red carpet or some shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that's the girl that used to be like the social worker or something like that. Yeah, like she used to go to prison and, and yeah. work. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, uh, ESG Look, had man. her at South Park. Yeah, okay. I'll put I'll put it to you like this, dog. I haven't really cared about Empire since this bitch, since Chris Rock game on there. Yeah, yeah. Yes. and so <laughs> you know what's what's crazy about about Empire is that the music never got better. Nah, I and look, and I know there's some some really you know 
prominent producers making the, that music and shit like that, but they got to stop it. <laughs> they got to stop it. W- would you work yeah. with them if they contracted you? Um, not under that contract out that they had them under when they first started. I'm not. I, you can't release music. You can't, you know, unless it's under um, Empire and mm-hmm. um, the label deal that they have with. You know, right. with, like we, well, all right. Well, I got a question. And speaking of licensing music, right? So, you know, right now, I think the best way to kind of discover, like, undiscovered, like R and B singers in particular, and you know, R and B uh, undiscovered hip hop artists, is having your music be on a soundtrack to a hit television show. Yeah, like your, might say, like nobody was on. Um, she's got to have it, right? right. Um, Victoria Monet. Um, she's right now. She's on tour with Ariana Grande, but like she did a remake of the Glow. From uh, the Last Dragon, and that was on Insecure. No shit. Right. Yeah, there's this record by um, Lucky Day, R&B cat out of New Orleans. Yep. Uh, they got that is that was unreleased uh, from Boomerang. That came out I think two Tuesdays ago. Yeah. And everybody been trying to find this one damn record, but he has not released it yet. Mm-hmm. Which kind of calls the demand. Like, yo, that shit was fire. What the f-? like? What the fuck? Right? Mm-hmm. Like, what is the? I know. I remember you telling the story about how like you submitted music to Spike. For the show, mm-hmm. but what is it like? I'm saying, like, how does that process go? Like afterwards, right? Um, it depends. And also, uh, do you get paid for that song being used for the show? So, um, with Spike, the deal was a one-time uh, uh, payment to use it in perpetuity, mm. which means uh, for for those that don't know what perpetuity means. Um, You'll see it a lot in legal jargon. Um, perpetuity basically means forever. So um, anytime you see, anytime you watch the episode that my music is on, on She's Gotta Have It, every time you watch that, it doesn't matter. I don't get paid for it because uh, I've already gotten paid that one time. Mm-hmm. Uh, it all depends on your your licensing situation. Um, um, there's another situation on the table for me to get, music license for a show um i'm not gonna say yet because we probably will probably see it next saturday um but there's a situation on the table where they'll license the music for six months for a flat fee Mm. um then there's um the licensing of like um whatever you work out with a commercial like I would venture to say that maybe there's a way for you to get paid every time they play, they run the commercial or get paid for every time they, they know that they're going to like, if they know they're going to run it 600 times in a year, right? they, they maybe um, have a, a deal for that. Cause they know they're going to run it for so many, so many things. Um, there's a process. It ain't easy because you know, you, you, uh, that's where pub deals come into play and um, just knowing people, having relationships with people um, come into play. So um, I think I've said it on this on this show that like as an artist, you're not really making money unless you are doing shows or sync licensing. Yeah. Um, so a guy like Sir Mix-A-Lot Maybe not, may not have to um, perform all the time, 
but he licenses that music. He licenses. I would I would say, if I were to guess, I would think that Sir Mix a Lot probably licenses Baby Got Back at least ten times a year. Mm-hmm. He's made over a hundred million dollars on that on that song, and he owns one hundred percent of the rights to that. Like he don't split that with nobody. Hmm. He owns the publishing. He owns all of that stuff. So, um, we know your publishing artist. You don't really have anything. You might have a hit record. I mean, shit. Because when they stop, because when you can't make another hit record, or when you stop making those hit records, and you and nobody's trying to get you for shows anymore. Mm-hmm. And then you don't own the publishing to your music. You just you're screwed. But here here's the question, and I know this can go down a rabbit hole. But what should you do if you're a new artist? Because even though there's an illusion that you can make it independent, I think the game is still rigged, and you have to be signed to really blow up on a certain level. And mm-hmm. to get a record deal, no record label is just going to give you your publishing. Nah. Well, I'll. I'll I'll say this. Well, you speak to it as ours. I'll speak to it. You don't necessarily have to be signed. You just need money. There, that is the key. Yeah. Yeah. Because when you get signed, you just using their money. Right. Um, The reason why Chance the Rapper is not signed is because his daddy's rich. Yeah. Great artist, great rapper, Mm -hmm. great albums, talented guy take nothing from him but your dad's also rich (laughs) you know what I'm saying like you didn't just meet Barack Obama because you were a really good artist your dad worked for Barack Obama Mm -hmm. so you could have met Barack Obama anytime you know what I'm saying like that there's a difference right Right. Um, um, what's the other one the white boy Uh, Macklemore okay Macklemore was not poor (laughs) <laughs> when he put out his music. You know what I'm saying? Lil Dicky was not poor. No. Nah. You know what I'm saying? When it comes to now, with that being said, though, there are artists, I don't necessarily, I can't necessarily tell you how they do it because I'm don't. i not sure because if I know, if I knew, I'd be doing it. But, like, there's some artists that literally came from nothing and they just had a catchy song and it blew. And now they're being thrust in his light. And, again, it goes back to artist development all that kind of stuff right. they end up going on these shows and they they either good or they're bad and then they and then you don't hear from them no more or you maybe you hear from them for the next two or three years and who knows but what it comes down to is if I am what a label will do to and, and I'll be honest with you because I heard that this week um, someone told me that um they're not getting any bites on my music when it comes to like labels and stuff like that because um, I don't make the type of music that they're looking for at this moment. And what they're looking for is quote unquote mumble rappers or these you know catchy trap niggas. You know what I'm saying? Or you know the moody like vibey R and B niggas yeah, that doesn't like kind of sing from an aspect of soul or like yeah, a, not, like a, a easy two yeah. step. They're just vocalizing. They're vocalizing. Yeah. They're, vo- they're vocalizing rap tracks basically. Right. right. So. That was his take on it. Um, somebody that I worked with, right? Like the um, only person I can think of, like from R and B to like it's like kind of a little bit of both is this cat out of Philadelphia named Pink Sweats. But then again, I think Philly niggas that can sing is a cheat code anyway. Shout out to boys yeah, and men, absolutely, absolutely, yeah. It is, it is a code, just a cheat code. But um, you know, 
and they were saying and, and a lot of times what these what these labels are saying and I'll just I'll just be honest with you these labels are these people that work at labels are lazy they don't develop artists anymore they don't want to spend the money they um and they keep their email that's all they want is the at universal.com mm. at devjam.com at warner.com they don't care about developing artists and a lot of times I've been saying this the best thing to do when you work for a label is don't sign nobody because you can't be responsible when when the album flop or if their album flops so they just don't sign nobody so a lot of these people aren't even doing the job that they're there to do right but what they'll do is they'll say well if you have you know the first thing they'll ask an artist now is like they're not even going to ask you like can you play instruments or, um, you know, let me hear this song or whatever. They just want to know how many followers you got. Right. And if you got 7,000 on Instagram, like I do, that's not enough. If you've got, um, 15,000, they might can do something with that. Maybe if you got a hundred thousand by yourself, mm-hmm. that's fine. But if you've got like a million because you, you, because of everything but your music or whatever it is, whatever the situation is, then they want something to do with you because they, they feel like they can monetize on that. But here's the thing, artists, listen to this. If you have 500,000 followers, if you have a million followers, you don't need a label. You don't need a label for shit. So why it, it is, it is the music industry is the, um, do you think follows and listen, oh, follows and they don't. They, they, they don't, don't translate. They don't translate. Yeah. They don't translate. Because, because basically, if you're having follows, that's like in in digital terms, that's saying you have impressions. Just say you have reach, right? Yeah. But also, that's saying like if you have five hundred thousand people that follow you on any particular social platform, you would think that five hundred thousand people will retreat your song. That five hundred thousand people would shout out, would would share your song and say, "Yo, yeah. this dude is dope. This dude got next, right?" Nah, they're not gonna do it. Like and 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 on top of that, and you can be good. You can be fire. Amazing. You can be good, but if they don't know you for that, or if they don't care about that, mm-hmm. they just not going. They're not going to care. Yeah. But what they what they do, and I'll tell you, it's a couple of labels out there that pride themselves in throwing money away on viral sensations. Mm-hmm. And um, Atlantic is one of them. Mm-hmm. Atlantic thought that was what, what is what Cardi B was going to be. Cardi just ended up being just exploding. Like, they didn't think that Cardi B... Not one person at Atlantic is going to sit up here and tell me that Cardi B was going to win a Grammy. Especially not the gangster stripper music one or two. Yes. Nobody was was signing Cardi B and saying, this girl's going to win a Grammy. They said, this girl is on Love & Hip Hop. Um, She got a, a funny personality. She got a bunch of followers on Instagram. We're going to try to monetize this. I gotta disagree with that because Atlantic put the battery in Cardi's back, man. I, no, no, no. I would say I'm no, not no. saying they that. Didn't put the, I would say this. They didn't put the battery in her back until they saw Bodak Yellow explode from being just a club record yeah. to an everywhere but they record. Didn't, but I guarantee you the conversation was not. Mm-hmm. Cardi, no. you are going to be the biggest female hip-hop artist out right now or in, in, in the next year or two mm-hmm. if you just follow me. Yeah. They said, you got a lot of followers. You got a huge following. We're going to try to monetize off of this. Right. You like, want to know how I know that? Because they also signed the Catch Me Outside Girl. Yeah. They also signed um, Trinidad James. Yeah. They gave him $2 million. 
They also signed. Wait, no, no, that was Def Jam. That was Def Jam. I was like, wait, that's Def Jam. Who else was on? Who else has been Atlantic? If you look at their roster today, Atlantic is full of people that are viral sensations. But when you look at Cardi's album, her debut album, mm-hmm. it was different than theirs. You can tell she had tracks with Bruno. Like she was put on a platform that none of the other acts you mentioned were put on. Right. right. So because I think their she, was but, different. But it was because she went out and figured out a way to get herself hot. I guarantee you. Outside, outside of the label. I'm pretty sure I'm pretty sure that the Bruno song that she was on did not happen until it was undeniable that mm-hmm. she was what she was. Like yeah. Bruno wasn't like Bruno wasn't looking at her after um her first mixtape and being like, I'm gonna work yeah. with her one day. Fair That's enough. not happening. Nah. So like so the a, a lot of the times, a lot of the, these artists, you can see when it's about to when it's about to happen, mm-hmm. like you can, you can see when you know that okay, maybe I don't, I don't know which artist it's gonna be, yeah, but they're gonna get like, a great look from somebody. Exactly, there are alternatives, right? For it's like, so when you have Cardi at Atlantic and she blossoms up post Bo Gallo making all these, making and breaking all these different records, you also have Iggy Azalea, mm-hmm. yes. and Iggy had a number one record with Fair. also signed to. Atlantic, yeah, and then dropped by Atlantic, yeah. Why? Because that album did not do what it was supposed to do, and then the subsequent the, the the subsequent tour did not do what it was supposed Extra to do. Extra trash, and then they realized that you know, like the uh, what's the I don't know the little white boy's name that be dancing. Uh, backpack it? No, not him. He got a record deal too, don't he? He do have a record deal, yeah. Why? But anyway, <laughs> there's like another kid. He's like nine. Am I that at Walmart? Oh, somebody else. The no, little no, chubby kid. Okay. The little chubby kid, and he he talking about he's had uh, um, a few labels offer him six figure deals. Damn. You don't rap, <laughs> and I guarantee you one of them is Atlantic. <laughs> I guarantee you one of them is Atlantic. And again, like I said. Before I try to handle these things in a certain amount of care because I never want to look like the guy that's just like you're an artist and maybe this person ain't trying to sign you or that person ain't trying to sign you so you just look like a hater because yeah. because in the end if you gave me like bro you ever flown a plane before in your life yeah like a jet not private like wait, like wait, a, wait, like wait, a, wait, like wait, a wait, no, 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 no I'm saying like have you ever steered a plane like flown no one? of course not okay look. If I walked up to you today and I said... Not even on Spirit? You ain't flew a Spirit plane before? Because <laughs> you know you got you know to fly that plane by yourself. Um, but like, if I walked up to you and said, and I pulled out a bag and I said, in this bag is $2 million. I want you to go out there, look at that 747 jet, and I want you to fly it from here to Austin without crashing it. If you If you fly it to Austin, you get $2 million cash. Are you flying that plane? Hell no. But you're going to think about it. (laughs) You're absolutely going to think about it. Even if I said, look, we'll even give you a crash course. We'll give you a little flight simulator on iPad. (laughs) It ain't that hard. Even if they say, look, you can get it up in the air. We'll put it in an autopilot. You got to fly that plane, though. That's the only way you're going to get that $2 million? Not even that. How about $2 billion? How about $500 million? How about whatever? Are you thinking? You're going to think about it. Yeah. 
You're 100% going to think about it. It's the same thing they do with these athletes, these uh, these one-and-done athletes. Like, yeah, like, bro, I'm broke. I'm from, you know, wherever. I'm from Magnolia Projects. I'm from uh, from Bed-Stuy. I'm from Compton. Third Ward. Mm. Anything that you give me right now is better than what I'm doing. Anything that can get me, keep me from drugging niggas and uh, robbing them in the hotel room. Mm-hmm. Anything that you give me is going to be fine. So I'm, I can't be mad at those guys because you offered me the money. If I handed if I handed Brando $100 right now, he's taking the $100. It don't matter. if Like if I just say, here, man, bro, hey, just take it. He's not going to be like, yeah, but I mean, you know, I didn't do anything for it. No, nigga, you're probably going to take the $100 dollars and be like, thank you. I appreciate it. Yeah. That's all they're doing is these niggas signing deals and they like, thank you? Now what am I supposed to do? Yeah. So I'm never mad at the I'm never mad at the guy, at the people that are taking money that can ultimately change mm-hmm. their lives. Yeah. What I'm what I'm disappointed in with a lot of the music industry is people pissing away money on things that don't matter. See, speaking of pissing away money. How can you be an artist that mm-hmm. is set for life because you have a bona fide wedding song, like a straight up wedding song forever? Like they gonna play this for twenty years from now. It's gonna be you, Stevie Wonder, Babyface, mm-hmm. like wedding songs, and you get on IG Live, drunk, discussing race and issues that you are clearly <laughs> out of your class about. Oh, we gotta talk about this now. While while wearing while having a bl- while having a, a busted fade and blonde hair, Daniel Caesar comes to the table. Come 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 come, come to the altar. We we have to have this. We have to have this conversation. You know, I actually forgot about that until Look, you just said that. Oh no, oh, I, bro, yeah. no. This has been this has been heavy on my heart for a few weeks now. Even though it happened, I'm like, you know what? Look, man, between Jesse Line or 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 feeling vindicated, let let mm-hmm. let let him have his little space. I know how you feel. You know, I think. Um, I think Daniel Caesar is very much a guy. Very gay, according to Daniel. <laughs> yeah. Very, very. You heard gay. him say yes. Very gay. That yo, that was hilarious. Um, Daniel's the kid who probably wasn't very cool in high school. Wasn't very much, wasn't a very popular guy. No, no. And that's um, probably based on his looks. And he was he was probably very talented doing what he did, but he was probably always the weirdo. Yeah. Um and he blew blew up based on his his, his, his music acting. and yeah. you know. It, it was it's like it was like the T Pain effect in a sense because yeah. when Osprung first came out, you had no idea what T Pain looked like. Mm-hmm. Then you saw the video, it's like, oh, Okay, <laughs> I mean, when you heard "Get You," you're like, "Oh, this this is this a fire ass record." Frank Ocean. Then you see did. the video, but then again, yeah. I'm, I've seen, mm-hmm. I saw Daniel Olsen way. I mean, Frank Ocean. Ocean. It was it was a Frank Ocean. It was a Frank Ocean. I know how you feel too. about Frank Ocean. We will not get we will not get on I mean, that. No, today. no, I'm not. We're not gonna do that. But, <laughs> yeah, um, but Daniel uh, looks like the back of a Buick. I understand, but still, <laughs> like, like, <laughs> what is? Wait, did you say? <laughs> Frank Ocean looked like the back of a Buick. No, I said Dale Caesar. Oh, Dale Caesar looked like the back of a Buick. The back of a Buick, yes. Somebody said it was like a flat tire. Um, <laughs> but I think... A busted up Timberland. When, yes. When you finally get some people that are 
that are quote unquote the cool kids that you always wanted to hang around giving you attention you feel the need to um, uh, defend them even if that that girl is a complete goofball like she's trash but like I think when one of the things that was telling to me was when he said that the white people were the winning team. That was the one that had me like, okay, bro, you yeah. need to sit down somewhere. So he's not, again, Daniel is one of those artists who didn't do a lot of artist development. Your music's good. I've never seen a show, so I don't, I can't say whether or not your show is, is good. I, we had him last year for uh, for a show we had it with the boss called Break the Internet. With him, it's him and Tiana Taylor. Is it good? Yeah. He's, I say live, he's, yeah, he's So good. live, you're good. Your music's good. Inter- interview you wise. Have, mm. You have no, you have no media training. And I'm not saying that at, with media training, I, I do understand that there's a level of like, political correctness that people have to have when they, and, and, you know, don't say this and don't say that. And, you know, all those things like, but I'm not saying that what I'm saying is media training is just being able to like say things that won't completely alienate the fan base that got you there. Like if you don't, if you feel a certain way about black people, why are you, like you have to understand that black people are the reason why you're here. Yeah. Um, black people are the reason why you make the music that you make. Yeah. Like the music that you make was created by black people. Yeah. Those same black people that have those same struggles that all, you know, mention mm-hmm. these things and sing about them and all that and, kind of stuff. And you want to tell them that we play the victim. And in particular, black women. And yes. in particular, you're uplifting a woman who has made a career out of downing black of women. downing black women. Um, so what what well I don't want to get too far into the yes jewels thing but do y'all think her intentions were wholly bad because we've had her be co-signed by people whose opinions we usually value uh LeBron James shouted her out she's worked with uh the whole good music camp basically she found 070 shake you know she there it seemed like her intentions were good at one point so can is no, she she's a clown. No. Nope. Okay, fair she's enough. She's a clown. She's nope. um because you also, we also don't know what happens during that time of like. So is everybody? I, I, haven't, I haven't seen. I haven't seen him. I ain't seen uh, uh, LeBron say nothing about Le- Yes Jules lately. True. I haven't seen. Um, if you let Joe Button tell it, she was in Africa and somehow she ended up back at home. Yeah, but Joe Button at one point loved her. Like no. he, she was on his podcast. Joe was, she he brought cool. her on the show. I remember that episode. She was on a show and he was like talking to her and just chopping it up with her, trying to figure out what it is that she actually does. Okay. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like I don't really necessarily think that he was uh, like loving her. Not I didn't mean literally. Yeah. I yeah. meant like he, he Especially now with especially over those jeans. Yeah. Especially <laughs> over those jeans. But yeah. No. But like I I just I I, I think um Go ahead. When it comes to Jules, she's a clown. Yeah. She's um she's one of those people that wants to be around us and wants to be able to say that she knows a bunch of us mm-hmm. but um doesn't understand us at all. Mm-hmm. And doesn't understand um 
the type of people that she's leeching on. Like when you, um, when you can't understand why black women think you're trash for um, downing another black woman uh, that, that in all intents and purposes does more than you and you're in the shit that you think in, in this culture or mm-hmm. when you feel like um, when you have this, this, uh, this thought about you that, that says, Oh, well I, I um, black women don't like me because black men like me. Yeah. That's not it, fam. They might not like you because you're an asshole. And when you continue to um, perpetuate this idea that everybody's just jealous of you, instead of saying, yo, you know what? Let me just figure out what it is that, like, I do to people or I say that may rub black people the wrong way. Because I, I, I 100% think that before all of this stuff came out that she was talking about, you know, Karen and Scotty and all mm-hmm. them, whatever, like before it got to a point where people just didn't like her, mm-hmm. she could have gone to one of them and said, hey, look, I really would like to not be a nuisance. Mm-hmm. How can I not be a nuisance? Right. She did ask Joe Budden how to handle that whole situation when that whole thing with the T-shirt happened. So to some ex- extent, she Wait, did try that. The T-shirt in which she, after she broke up with her boyfriend who was black, she wanted to wear a T-shirt that said, niggas be lying. Oh, yeah. Nah, fam. Like, first of all, I want white people to understand that there's never a time where you can say nigga. There's never a time where you can even ask someone about, like, like the very fact that you're asking me about whether or not you can or you should wear mm-hmm. a shirt that says niggas be lying on it and you're white. Like, the fact that you thought about it right. is already, you're already, you think I should do it? No, you shouldn't. No, no. Like, you shouldn't have thought about Look, it. Look, I felt a way when she, I think she's bringing her event she had she brought it up here oh to Houston. when i do remember this and she said uh, she wanted to pull up in a, in a low ride no she wanted to pull up in a low, in rider. A low rider and we were like uh you don't know anything about the you culture. don't anything about houston culture you, like, you want to pull up in a low rider yeah i mean that's like that's like me saying um that's like me saying uh yeah man um yeah i'm i'm, I'm headed to la for a show y'all man um um I want to pull up with some bloods. I just want, you know, man, uh, anybody know any, uh, any, anybody know any, uh, 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 Serenos? Yeah. Like, fuck out of here. Like when I go to other cities, if I say anything else, I'll be like, yo, where the food at? Where can I get some good food? Mm-hmm. Let, let me, let me, let's say anytime you're in a brand new spot, you're asking yourself about something that is universal and hanging around a certain group of people ain't universal. Yeah, I'm That's trying to pull up in a low insular. rider and, Houston. You talking about? No, okay. you're an idiot. So, like, you're just a corny, corny human being. What a fat and, ass! That's it. Mm. That your entire claim to all of this is that you're a mildly attractive white woman with a shape. No, no, body. no. She's not even moderately. She looks like you. She does look like Elijah. She, she does, does look, like, look logic. like logic. She looks like Owen Wilson. Yeah. All right, Brent Barry. 
<laughs> Joe called that girl <laughs> Brent Berry face. Joe, Joe, Joe called that girl Brent Berry face. Brent Berry face, Bobby Sura face. Bobby Sura, yeah. Dog, like we could might say she looked like Pete Chilcut. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, somebody said she looked like Tony Kukoc. I saw that. Oh, I saw that man. on uh, Twitter. There was a uh, was I said she looked like Owen Wilson. Um, then there was a. Uh, Feel like somebody called a Jake Gyllenhaal, <laughs> Matt Maloney, Matt Maloney. Wow, <laughs> Matt Bullard. Look, we can go through the list of yes. uh, white, Tom uh, white, white dudes that used to play for the Rockets. Yeah. Rudy Tomjanovich face, yeah. um, John Stockton face uh, out here in, in Utah. Like she, she's she's not there. Yeah. She's, she's not. She's but not, uh, again, she. I I I take the concept of being. Mo- I said moderately attractive, not to me, but yeah. to people who kind of. Traffic in her her lane, Blind so niggas. to speak. Blind, obviously, niggas who will give her a pass to say the word just cause. Why murder move? Why you? Yes, and, and that's that goes to my issue, and that's why I don't. I'm not like what y'all say is correct. I think I think she is a clown, mm-hmm. but I can't be too mad at her because, and this goes back to some of the comments that Daniel Caesar made right. in an Instagram live video. He said, "We are too mean to white people." I actually think the opposite is true. I think this culture is... I mean, no <laughs> we invite every white person that knows how yes. to dance to the cookout. Yes. We are too nice to white people who try to enter our culture, and we accept them We voted for Hillary Clinton because she knew how to... She, cause she learned yes. how to... Uh, Put hot sauce nay-nay. in her purse and See, all this. Although, I will say this. Hillary, I mean, she had hot sauce in her bag. Came at the wrong time for her to really admit that, because I know she really does that. But it came at the wrong Here's time. Here's the thing about Hillary Clinton. It dropped at the same time as formation and one did. Day, and one day, I'm going to have a conversation about the fact that not only did Hillary lose, but she also ran the world's worst campaign. Yeah. It she was- might be the worst candidate ever because she lost to a black man and Donald Trump. <laughs> When you're a white woman and you can't get white women to vote for you, yes, that's uh, yeah. There's yeah, yeah. So, but yeah, we yeah. we like when we say like nobody's we need to be mean to Jews. Look, dumb Donald. Um, <laughs> nobody's being mean. To, when people are being mean to Jules, it's because people don't like Jules, and it's not because she's just there. Yeah. It's because she's actually actively doing and saying stupid shit that makes people not like you. Right. Like you're literally you're supporting you're supporting somebody. I mean, I get under the whole rainbow coalition like Kumbaya is just like no 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 no. Not everybody deserves to be underneath your rainbow. I'm mm-hmm. sorry. Yeah. And, and there are there are people that will be in the rainbow that will self-sabotage and des- destroy the rainbow. And there's white people out there that should have to they they have to acknowledge when they're getting it wrong. That's it. Like That's all we th- want. Just, the all we want is accountability. Yeah. And the fact just, you don't have accountability is what screws up a lot of shit. Just be accountable. For a lot for, of different ways. Yeah, man. So, Daniel, shut the fuck up, bro. <laughs> and then, and on top of that, like, we have this idea, and everybody's just like, well, you know, he's Canadian, he's 23, and he's, you know, he's just ignorant. Like, bro, it's 2019, and there is not an excuse under the sun for being ignorant. Not just ignorant, woefully you, ignorant there are, about the intersection between black people and white people but there in, has this, been, in the world. There are libraries the all over the planet. There is Google. If you, there are museums. If you're, if you're not even, if you're just 
if you're even moderately poor, you can find Wi-Fi mm-hmm. somewhere. Yeah. Um. You you really have. Like you don't have an excuse to be ignorant. At this point, you're choosing to be ignorant. Right. And the way I know you're being choo- you're choosing to be ignorant is that you go on the internet two days later, the same internet where you can Google all the things that you need to know, so you cannot, because you could be less ignorant. So you could be less ignorant. And you do. Oh, I don't want to apologize, and you know, and you then don't. Then you call somebody up in the middle of the night, telling them yes. that. I'm thinking about apologizing and they listen to you and they try to hear you out and then you double down on the dumb shit even more to the point where you're like, okay, I'm really not apologizing. Like, bro, you're you're not doing a good job of making sure that people actually continue to like you. Yeah. And yeah, it's cool. If you if you want to, you know, perform shows to a bunch of white kids that don't also don't get it, that's fine. Do do whatever you want to do. But yeah. I was wildly offended just from a, uh, an artist to artist standpoint because you don't exist if not for niggas like like are you gonna call Marvin Gaye a victim for all the shit he sang about mm-hmm. Sam and Cook. all the things that he went through or Sam Cook for all the things that his people was going through you gonna call D'Angelo a um, a, a victim for the things that he talks about in his music are you gonna call um, um, you you gonna call Beyonce a victim because she might she's got a song called Freedom? You gonna call Kendrick Lamar a victim because he got a record and all right? Yeah, like what are you? What the fuck are you talking about? Like, are you even? Like at this point, you're not even trying. Like at least one thing I can like a thing that I can really respect about Drake is that Drake don't talk about shit he don't know nothing about. I don't expect Drake to go out and speak out against social injustice. I ain't never wanted Drake to do that. Which is honestly also, I think, why his music's not going to age well. I mean, it might not. But I also know that that Drake ain't here. To, Drake here say Drake said he here for a good time, not a long time. Fair enough. So I'm not really I'm not really worried about that. Mm-hmm. Like Drake is here and, and, and occupies a space, right? He occupies a space that you know, was occupied by someone else before or whatever it right. is. I I never want to hear, I, I I never care to hear, like if he does, cool, and he does it in an eloquent, eloquent way and a well-informed way and, he, and he's like, yo, even if he says, yo, I've been doing all this for so long and I've just been doing it for me and now I'm just trying to do it for the people and I, you know, I understand the things that everybody's going through because even then, I've also seen Drake say, go up to, uh, call out niggas in the in the room and say, "Hey, we're not doing that to women in my room." Even if that's it, I'm fine with that, right? Like, like I don't I don't necessarily care that I don't care if Drake's a Black Panther. Like, we got those. We we got guys that know and understand what's going on and and want to speak out about it and want to help people about it. Like J Cole does enough of that. Yeah, Kendrick Lamar does enough of that. Jay Z's out here paying niggas taxes and getting them out of their deals. Like I'm, I'm, I'm okay with that. Nas has always been that yeah. artist. Oh yeah, that's the, that's one of the ones that blew up. Um, we, were, we were talking about how yeah, Jay-Z, yeah, 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 Jay Z legit yeah, that living too. up to his lyrics. Like he's yeah. legit living up to and freeing freeing people from bad deals, right. from, from terrible situations. Yeah, and but like 
one thing I'll never hear, one thing I'll never hear Drake say is um, Drake sit up here and act like, you know, I'll never hear Drake say that black folks is out here playing victim. I don't see that. But but because your little your idol, Kanye did it. You think it's okay. Because when Kanye came out about that shit last year, mm-hmm. who was doubling down for him? Daniel Caesar ass. Mm-hmm. You know, you guys don't have to do, uh, <laughs> you know, you know, uh, slavery, uh, you don't have to. Would you open for Daniel, Daniel Caesar? I'd blow his ass off the stage. Okay. I'm not even going to lie. I'll take it. Give me your money so I can blow you off the stage. Okay. But I feel that way about everybody. Like I want to, I want to perform better than the headliner all the time. I want to, if I'm the headliner, I want to perform better than everyone. I want to do, yeah. I want to do everything better. Um, and must say to live to that point. I the last time I saw a headliner completely, not a headliner, an opener completely blow a headliner off the stage, was when D-Lo opened for Nipsey, and I love Nipsey. Mm-hmm. Even even if Nipsey gave me the the the, the big bro. When we took a picture together, oh, yeah. but thinking I'm five six, so I kind of expected that happening. <laughs> Nipsey's a tall, lanky ass nigga, anyway. But D'Lo legit rapped until he damn near passed out on stage. Damn, yeah, like he went that hard for yeah, that he, one show. D'Lo is a um, hell of a performer, yeah. And seeing where he's come from, because I was with doing shows with D'Lo when D'Lo would forget the words to the song. We did it. He did it like three times. He did it at Frankie Beverly and Beverly. Oh. He he did it at Frankie Beverly and Mays. Um, like he would he would just forget the words. Oh. And um, uh, and I think he was just nerd. It was just nerves, and he just hadn't had enough time on stage to really do what he was trying to do. Mm-hmm. He might have been high. He might have been drunk. I don't you know. know. It, it happens, but it could have been um, any of that. But um, but like, I just I just want artists to um. Even if you're young, like try to find some be like responsible, right? Like don't don't take the platform that you want and then piss it away because you're an idiot. Mm-hmm. Like if you don't know, just don't say nothing, yeah. man. Right? Like um, who's I seen a uh, Ha Ha Davis on on Breakfast Club the other day, yeah. and they asked him something. I forgot what it was, and he was like, "Hey, man, I don't, I don't know." Like I just I I don't know, so I'm not gonna, you know, I'm not gonna yeah. mess up my bag because I don't like the best thing to do to any human for mm. any human is just to say I don't know, bro. Like a lot of times it's the best thing, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. If you at if, again going back to flying a plane, if you ask me, okay, cool, how do I fly this plane? I'm not gonna be like, well, shit, maybe you should just mm-hmm. like pull that and then hit the button. And then hit the little other thing and it's going to take off. And then, like, maybe if you just pull the shit back, it'll, like, take off. No. I'm going to be like, fam, I don't want you to die because of me. So I don't know how to fly this plane. Yeah. And, um, you know, you should probably figure out a way. Before you take this $2 million, <laughs> <laughs> I think you should probably learn yeah, how to fly, fly a plane. plane. Because if you don't make it, yeah. not only will you die. Yeah. But you also won't get your two million dollars. Yeah. And that is not okay. At all. 